They gave him both. They were like, just both. Hunter, Hunter. Michael. It's yeah. a, I mean, it's a badass name. It sounds like a Mission Impossible type name, Hunter Michael. Oh, good. I like that. Or like, like a secret like, agent. Like, yeah, like I prefer a, that over people will say serial killer. Yeah. So, for sure. One more flattering. So All right. Shall we re- retake? Let's retake this. All right. <laughs> All righty. Here we are. Here we How are. How you guys doing? So good. Great. Great. So, Hunter, thank you for coming back on. My pleasure. We had an amazing last podcast. I agree. Yes. And Chris, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Really good. Awesome. We got our water and our blueberries. Got everything we need. (laughs) Going really nice. Mm. I got my notepad in case information comes across. That'll be very beneficial, which I'm sure it will. So, so, uh, let's just start with you, Chris. What is your story? What are your interests? story. Yeah, so um, uh, I'll start with, um, we we met a few years back and realized we had a lot of similar interests. Uh, I've been studying philosophy and uh, psychology and a lot of the social sciences for the, the better part of the last 12 years, I think. Um, and so he said something about free will or something, and I think it triggered. I was like, ooh, I like this. And nice. then we started talking mm-hmm. and... We haven't stopped since. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And you're um, a musician. You're a musician. Yeah, you're a I'm teacher. A, I'm a musician and a teacher. Yeah. Nice. I'm a choir director at Cleveland High School, which is just north of LA. Awesome. Uh, which is really fun. Not in Ohio. What kind of music do you play I, other than church music? I teach choir, I play keys, and I sing. Nice. Um, and then, yes, also, I am a church musician. Nice. I'm a music director at a church. Awesome. Uh, and it's fun. I yeah, like it. Sure. My, my whole living is basically music. Awesome. Um, I'm also like a nutrition and health geek and studied that a lot. Awesome. Uh, Remember, I think maybe lean in a little bit more. Hello. I mean, you could do that if you mm-hmm. want, or you guys can also pull the mic back and forth. Yeah, totally oh, yeah. Fine. That's good. We can, next we next can goal in. is get another mic. Yeah. Have a three mic set up for sure for the next one. Mm-hmm. That's good. Cool. Yeah. So that's me. And um, I uh, I just thank you for having me. Yeah. I, I, love these, sure. I love these kinds of conversations. And when people are interested in these sorts of things and can speak about them well and just have an interest and are yeah. inquisitive, it's like it's like a magnet to me. For I just sure. love it. I want mm. to be around it. It helps me to learn, helps me to grow, and I just I really enjoy it. So Thank you. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Thank you for coming great. on. I think that's how that's how him and I hit it off. We just started talking about those interesting ideas at an IDW meetup and totally yeah. I'm, you know, engaged that's with right. all of this stuff. So you know when it clicks. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So um so this this podcast, I think, is just kind of an open, you know, the last podcast, it was so awesome having you on, having a therapist Thank on, because it Thank was you. like an amazing introductory podcast mm. to the idea of the podcast, to myself, it's a, a great dynamic. But this one, I think it's just, let's just make it more of a casual conversation. I had an idea. Perfect. Yeah, I had an idea of just kind of, I just started re-listening to the Sam Harris-Jordan Peterson debates. Mm. So it's my second time listening. Okay. I just thought like we could start there, throw that on the table and then yeah, just go yeah. from there. You know, no no rules, talk about whatever you guys want, but just have that as like a starting point. Are you referring to the yeah. the podcasts or the live events or both? Both, I guess. Okay. I, I was listening to the podcast recently. Oh, okay. I, no, I was listening to the live events recently, oh, okay. actually. So, okay. so yeah, we could just kind of start there, you yeah, know, like, yeah. like my, my views are kind of after listening to them the past few days, it's, I don't really side on it, either one of their sides, honestly. Like mm-hmm. I really don't lean, like I don't have a, an exact, oh, I think Sam Harris, I'm with him. I'm mm-hmm. with Jordan Peterson. I'm like mm-hmm. right in the middle, I guess, or I'm trying to be like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to really listen to both sides and understand like to me the question seems more about 
the conversation that's being had. Mm-hmm. Like that's the question. Why is that conversation so invigorating to so many people right now? Rather that. than the actual yeah. topics that are like being talked about between yeah, the them. Content, why? Right. Why is it so invigorating to people right now? Well, if yeah. I if I can plug um I think also the just like Chris was saying, the the type of conversations that you can have with somebody it is is much more important to me than the content of those conversations and for sure but where you and I met I was I was really reluctant actually like I get a lot of the times when I find a new social group or a new um even a even a a format or or a way of meeting other people that is so filtered yeah. that it that it doesn't allow for a lot of um novelty so I, I I worry about joining up with people who already agree a hundred percent or yeah. think exactly like me. Yeah. And um, with you. so fortunately, when you have a friendship with somebody and it's not just a uh, you know collegial or a professional style conversation, yeah, you can always fall back on the friendship and you can trust that the other person more or less wants the same things as you. Yeah. So disagreeing is not a threat to your relationship. It's just. Uh, it's just a conversation about those ideas. Mm-hmm. And if we're being really humble, then we might even agree, hey, by the way, we're going to talk about this thing and we're not going to figure any of this out yeah. today. <laughs> like th- this conversation is not going to start and end For sure. right here in this yeah. conversation we're about to have. You know? 100%. So, um, as appealing as that might be. Right. And as, yeah, as tempting as it might be to, to think, right. oh, we'll just, we'll just be done with this. And, yeah. and, and I'll say when that becomes the goal, you often find more confrontation. Yeah. These mm-hmm. people are rushing mm-hmm. to those conclusions. They said, no, by the end of this, I want you to know that I'm right. Yeah. Or you to know that you're wrong. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. leads to so many, again, that's, that, that's the attachment to outcome, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, I'm totally with you. I think the process is the more important part, yeah. you know, and, and the, the fact that you can have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. About the no technical worries. issue. We had a technical mm-hmm. issue. Um, uh, I just think I find that about with anyone, it's an extremely in my life and it has been my whole life. It's a rare thing to find someone that like consciously makes a decision to try to have these types of dialogues mm. without being attached to your ideology. Mm. I mean, it's, I th- yeah. it's, it's how conversations need to be had about any important topics, right? Is you're, we're not here to force the, our opinions. We're here to have conversation to expand our own knowledge and maybe find some answer that can help us win together. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, both yeah. you guys seem to have that same mentality. So yeah, I definitely respect that. And that, you know, want more people like you guys to come on the podcast. Definitely a central mm-hmm. point of this podcast is that yeah. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. In the, in the debates, in the Harris Peterson debates, I yeah. was, I was also noticing. So I, I'm also invigorated by the, the, the content, the subject matter of the conversation was great. Yes. Um, and, but I could tell both, bo- both of those guys were getting frustrated with the applause effect. Yeah. Where there were clear yeah. Petersonians and Harrisites, and yeah. they were, they were, you know why they were there. They were, they yeah. were, they were there to the clash of clans. Yeah, right, yeah. right. To, to not have to move the dial at all. Yeah, to to just be kind of vindicated more or less, and make sure that they didn't have to. Um, what we just didn't have to agree too much with the other guy. Yeah, um, I, I hope never to be in that boat. Although I, I, I can feel that tug. At, you know, I can feel that oh, the yeah, feeling sure. of of going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I think. Yeah. Um. But but then checking in with myself and going. Okay, now I'm doing it. Now yeah. I'm being one of those people. Uh. 
it's very difficult to resist oh, yeah. that, right? For sure. And I think when I first came across Jordan Peterson, which we kind of talked about on the last podcast, he was an insanely important mm. like figure that helped me crawl out of the hole I was in. And I did attach to things very quickly with him. Like and and didn't it took a while to get to that place where I realized what I respected about him a lot was the fact that he was one of the guys in the IDW that's completely open to having these conversations without that hmm. crazy forcing of ideology. But I, t- in the very beginning, like really did the same thing, attached mm. to things he was saying about Christianity, attached to like yeah. all the religious stuff. Mm. And even at work, I would like talk about all this stuff. Like, oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. you know, as, it, just from a standpoint as mm. if I knew something. And you then, get fired up. Oh, get fired up. Now now I, I'm way more wanting to just explore ideas with a completely open mind. Like mm. my mind can be changed at any moment, anytime, mm. if something mm. really is compelling. And it's about the overarching idea of, of completely opening up the dialogue to ideas. Yeah. And it, for me, like compassion, like it's about that compassion, the attention, paying attention to other people and having compassion for other people because yeah. that's lacking so much. I mean, I feel like yeah. what I see on a daily basis, it's it's lacking. And when I say compassion too, I don't mean like, hippy dippy love everybody in every moment i mean like recognizing someone as a seriously complex right. person that has issues too the mm-hmm. same as you and i'm not more important than you you're not more important than me so opening up these types of conversations is mm-hmm. you know that's what i want to do so yeah but yeah anyway so so t- tell me about your original draw to to peterson what why why was he the yeah, perfect key to your keyhole at that yeah. moment that uh, why him and then i guess my follow-up would be is there anything that now do do you feel like you're still in kind of that honeymoon phase or are you are you fading are you disagreeing with him ever really good or doing your own thing (laughs) really good questions and i haven't i haven't even really sat down and thought about this stuff and written so i might this might come out sloppy like that's an amazing question um for me to explore right now which I guess the what I can I guess the best way to, for me to answer that is just telling you the experience as like subjectively or as objectively as I can which was I remember like I really remember the moment when the light was turned on I don't know a better way to phrase it like when when it, when it clicked which I was in an old apartment I was at sitting on a couch <clears throat> I think I was drunk I think I was smoking I was high I was drinking completely just felt no motivation, Mm. nothing. I felt that feeling of complete hopelessness. And I came across Jordan Peterson. It was on Joe Rogan and it was just a clip. And it was the clip um, reconciling science and religion. It's like a 45 minute clip. And I just came across it. Sounds interesting. Mm. I've always been interested in science and physics and, you know, religious stuff. I mean, here and there. So I just clicked on it and watched it. I think that was actually the very first video of Jordan Peterson I saw was that one. I don't know if you guys know which one <clears throat> I'm talking about, but maybe yeah. I saw sorry. It um, and I just watched the video, and it was like he was saying shit. It's like a light bulb. Yeah, it's like a light bulb. But it's like what he says all the time. It's been said so many times. He was saying stuff that I felt inside me. I felt those truths. Those you don't even have to call them truths. I felt those Mm. emotions and that feeling of there's something more, this life can't just be fucking meaningless. Like there's Mm. something more to this. And he was articulating it so, 
he was articulating it so well, but not only that, but he had so much passion. Like he had so much passion That's talking about it. it. And it mm-hmm. woke yeah. me up. And like even going past the religious aspect and the values and reinvigorating that in me, it was so engaging and interesting to me that it kind of pushed me to explore something. At that time, yeah. my, I was kind of like, completely lost and like hopeless. I I wasn't doing anything. I didn't have a hobby. I wasn't enjoying my job. Hmm. My relationship was horrible. I think even at that time, the relationship was over at that point. So I was like, there was nothing. Like I was just, Mm -hmm. just, it was, I was like a robot day to day, just like getting out of bed with no drive to do anything or no interest. And that video just interested me so much talking about the deep religious things, the psychology of the religion, how it came to be, or at least the theory of the stories that are told us observing the stories and then writing the stories down. And Mm -hmm. so that was the initial draw was, I guess, waking up that deeper feeling that there's something Mm -hmm. more that we're, there's something in all of us that's more and meaningful. And then from there, I just, I just kind of explored a lot of his videos and, and, watched one of his videos that went viral where he was like talking to a college student saying, of course you're a victim. We're all victims. And and I was like, fuck, I've had this horrible mentality. Like grow the fuck up. Like Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. thinking that and it kind of, it just pushed me to kind of grow up really fast. And I've been exploring it ever since. And yeah, there are things, I mean, I go in and out. Like I think, I think I, it's hard to even say where Jordan Peterson stands on God. Like we talked about it. Like yeah. it's hard to know like uh, where he, if he believes in God in a traditional mm-hmm. sense or not, like it's, it's really hard to get where he's coming from. I tend to kind of feel like he doesn't believe in God in the traditional Christian God sense from stuff that he says. And so there are things that I disagree. Like I don't think Christianity is the story like we talked about. I don't think it's the the best one. I don't mm-hmm. think that. I think they're all important. They're all attempts mm-hmm. to try to f- understand like what the fuck it means being a human. Right. Uh-huh. That's what all of them are. And I'm more interested in that. I'm more interested of, in that question. The common thread. The common thread between all of them. I'm more interested in like, what's the common thread? Why? Mm-hmm. And how is there any way to bring them together to form some story or some system of values or some way like Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Sam Harris, he, he's not with the religion, but that's what he's trying to do in a different way. Right. I mean, he's like trying to, I don't know exactly. I, you know, those, that's a good thing that we can go into. One of you guys can clear right. me up on Sam Harris's mm-hmm. position, you know, fully yeah. if, if one of you guys kind yeah, of get where he's yeah. coming from more, but right. I, you not, know, anyway, right. that's kind yeah. of, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what it is for me. Like I'm, I'm yeah. more interested in, maybe something deeper, like mm. kind of the why, the why do does religion exist? Why? Yeah. And why has it been around, been around for so why does it long? Still exist? Why does it still exist? Right. Why can't people let go? Right. And why does it cause so much horrible things to happen? Why does it cause a lot of good things? You what, know, what would you do with an answer to that question? <clears throat> I don't think there is an answer, <laughs> but, oh. but I would, well, there's your answer. I mean, I mean, I, I there, <laughs> Guess we don't need it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some answer, but I mean, the answer. It's hard. It's a very you know, complex issue. I, yeah, I tend yeah. to think that maybe the answer is kind of. I was thinking about this earlier today, like thinking about, like, what are you? What do you mean? What are you as a human? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you? If you had to, if like, it's it's a complex. Me thing. personally, it's such a broad. What do you mean, question. a person? What like is a, a person? Oh, what oh. is a person? Mm. What is a person? Like, if it's you could, there's there's obviously the objective answer. Your organ, your 
particles put together in a perfect way your brain. But I tend to think like, what is a human? A human is a fucking story. That's what a human is. Like if you think about it in terms of you're born and then you have this life and you die. And when you're on your deathbed looking back, what do you remember? You don't remember your whole life in every moment. You remember the important parts, the meaningful parts of right. your life. But unless you have amnesia, you don't Unless you have anything. amnesia right. and then, yeah, you don't. But, and, and if you think about it in that way, like that's what a movie is, right? What is a movie? A movie is a story. And what is a movie? It's, it's an accumulation of like these mm. really important, meaningful parts of someone's life. And it's kind of, that's kind of what we are, at least Obviously, this is just my opinion, but I think of it that way and it makes me think like, well, no fucking duh, stories are so important. Like Yuval Harari talks about like stories are so important. Everything is a story, you know, everything is a story. And it's because that's like what we are. You know, we kind of we're navigating through this life with an infinite amount of information coming in, trying to just figure out Mm -hmm. how to like move forward to help us and Mm. help other people if we can. But anyway, I mean. I could rant on forever. But I really want to hear what no, you guys yeah, think I, about. Well, I have a thought, just sort of going back. I love when you're talking about how Peterson sort of drew you in. Yeah. Um, and you met, you had mentioned it wasn't just what he was saying, but how, how he was saying it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, to me, I think the pragmatist in me is kind of screaming like, function, function, function. You know, a lot of people have this aversion um, to... When people say things so confidently, yeah, you know, aversion, right? Aversion, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they're not. Some people will say things like, "Oh, you know, Jordan Peterson just sounds confident," and yeah. so, um, but but what he's saying is racist and sexist yeah. and all this. They go, they go nuts, and um, but I, I would actually, I would suggest that if he said things less confidently. It wouldn't have the effect. I agree. If he went up there and was like, "Well, I think this might be true." I'm. <laughs> but what do I? Know? I'm only about fifty percent sure. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> if you were to follow this formula of life, it could get better or not. Yeah. It could get worse. I'm not really sure, yeah. right? And that might actually be the honest answer. Yeah. But the reality is that he's at least more than fifty percent sure. Yeah. And probably closer to seventy or eighty. I mean, he. Yeah. And he's it, seen it work over and over again. And that's an amazing. I mean, why is that the case? I think that's a really good thing to talk about is, and it yeah. goes back into the story. Why, why is what the case? Why is it the case that people who are amazing, articulate speakers that speak with passion that's are the ones that truly drive story. changes and stuff? And it's yeah. because they're good storytellers, that's, right? That's, that's what huge. it seems like people want to seek. Because we have narratives in our mind, yeah. right? And so when certain narratives are, are actually destructive, when you hear someone with a less destructive narrative, yeah. right? Someone that can reframe your story yes. in a way that's meaningful, you latch onto it, 100%. you know? Yeah. And he doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. And this is what I've been saying. I mean, we've, we've had a lot of conversations mm. about this. When I go to college, do I agree with every single college professor? No. Does that mean that I just walk out of the classroom? No, that's insane. Yeah. When I go to church, do I agree with every single pastor? No. Does that mean that I just leave the church? You know, that's insane. Yeah. But we expect that from certain people like Peterson, where yeah. it's like, well, not everything he says is perfect. I agree with you. Yeah. But does that mean that you'll just shun him out as this voice that has nothing valuable to say? Yeah. I think that's I think that's dogma. Yeah, me too. Mm. And yeah, I don't yeah. think that's useful. It's a good point, you know? for sure. And yeah. so I love that you're talking about that he had the passion. That's what drew me too. Yeah. You know, the fact that he Yeah, went how up did there. you kind of get into it? I think a similar thing. You know, yeah. I mean, just just I was it was one of those just you're just on YouTube one day and all of a sudden it was like, Oh, you listen to this. You yeah. might also like this. And I was like, Oh, I think I do. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember. I 
I read through Maps of Meaning mm. um, after after seeing him on a podcast, and, gotcha. and then read the the other book, the uh, Twelve Rules for Life. Um, and I was really drawn just yeah. just having a background in like um, religious studies and uh, you know some of the world religions and how they kind of intersect or how they don't. Um, and specifically Christianity, I was drawn to the the series on um, uh, Genesis. Oh yeah, for and sure. so I just love the, I, I love those lectures, and yeah. there's so much good stuff there. And it's yeah. really mm-hmm. dense. Definitely. And this is a, this is another point. A lot of people will never hear those. Yeah. Because they can't stand what they think he's saying. Sometimes, yeah, it's very true. You know. Yeah, and I very think, true. Oh, there is so much profundity that you're missing out on. Yeah. Um, just like ignoring a college professor that you don't agree with on yeah. every point. Mm-hmm. You know. So anyway, I just wanted to say that that I love that the, that it was the passion and the story, just like you're saying yeah. the narrative. That I think really draws us to be. Yeah, and I'm also like very aware of, like I'm a very aware of the fact that that's what it was. Like I'm not, I'm not right. saying Jordan Peterson is this amazing guy who knows it all and yeah. he's like this cool, like you know, he just has all the answers. I don't, he's I don't. The guru, and maybe right. right in the beginning, I was like, oh wow, he's you know, it was that. But you know, I'm very aware of it now that yeah. he has that ability to speak in a way that's mm-hmm. like invigorates you, and that was yeah. a big part of it for me. And I think for a lot of people, that's the case. And and now, now it's been it's been over a year of kind of in and out of of bad times and good times and exploring these ideas. And I'm I now I'm more of in a place of I want to explore this stuff myself. I want to just explore it myself and ask the questions and get people on and, and see what they think about it, you know, and, right. and, and totally interested in, in like the whys and, and the podcast is called bearing the how. So it's also like, okay, why? Well, if you're religious, there's a why for you. If you're not religious and you're a Sam Harris type, then you're coming from a more, um, like intellectual place with it. Or, you know, I, it'd still be cool to get someone's opinion on Sam Harris. Cause there's a lot of stuff with him that I'm just foggy on, you know, I need to look into him more for sure. Like what in particular? Well, like what is, like, it, how would you sum up his kind of point in those debates maybe? Like what, what is uh, with, with Peterson? Yeah. Like what is the, the in hmm. their, I think in their fourth, I know, I, I, I don't know that I could do it perfectly, but I think it was in the fourth, uh, debate in maybe London, I want to say. Yeah. Um, uh, was London or was it was it Douglas Murray? Or was Dublin it and then Dublin. London or London and then Dublin? The Either way, yeah. The, the moderator, who I think was Douglas Murray, yeah, Douglas Murray was, at that he point. Was, he, I think he was in, he, in the uh, third and the fourth. He asked, he I, I, maybe I don't know if it was. I think Brett Weinstein might have had the original idea, but they were asked to steel man each other's perspectives. Yeah. So they kicked off each. Uh, they kicked really off at great. least that night. It was great. Yeah. yeah. And both of them did a fantastic job. And they, the, the idea is make the strongest case. For the other person, keep going. Yeah. I'm gonna just click. I'm listening. Oh, okay. Um, make, make the strongest case for the other person's point of view that encapsulates their their uh, worries yeah. as well as their position, yeah. uh, such that. that they agree that that is the strongest case right. to be made, as opposed yeah. to a straw man, which exactly. many people do. Exactly, and both of them did it fantastically. Yeah. So, if you really want to know. Um, you could easily look that up, and it's just right at the beginning gotcha. of that debate. I thought that was great. Yeah, um, should have done that before the podcast. Written it down. Maybe. But yeah. Okay, yeah. But, but now, whatever. Now everyone else knows to go do it. Now right? they can go do that. Yeah. This is a good, Interpret it yourself. It's a good but moment in the, in the debate. I, I don't. I don't know personally what their impetus was for scheduling, other than popular demand. Yeah. They had those two podcast episodes. The first one went awry. The second one was much better. And then they hadn't even met in person. I think until that first of the four yeah. live debates. Um, and mm-hmm. they, I just, I don't want to speak for Sam, but just from what I know, he, he's concerned that 
um, uh, false metaphysical claims are being smuggled in via human stories. So while it can be very uh, tempting and, and very pragmatic to use a story, like mm. let's say the Christian story, or even some sort of story about meaning and responsibility, he worries that a lot of the terminology and a lot of the, um, he believes that it leads to a belief system, which is allowing for other harmful belief systems or superstitious belief Jesus, systems. Yeah. Jesus smuggling. Yeah. Jesus smuggling is a term that became a running joke yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, and Sam has an ethical, so he, he wrote the moral landscape as yeah. well. And he, he, he described what I think is maybe the best starting place for him philosophically is that, that facts and values are not necessarily independent. And that if you had every fact about the universe available to you, you could um, derive values from that. So that if we were we were trying to figure out what's the best way to proceed, how do we settle this disagreement, what are we supposed to do in this case, you you could take inventory of everything you might need to know about that situation, about the harm being caused, about possible scenarios and parallel uh, types of situations for the future, and you could come up with the appropriate ethical answer based on having all the data. Gotcha. Uh, Makes that's, sense. That's my best summary of that. Makes sense. So, yeah. which is it? Which my you know? Which I I would I guess I'm with Jordan Peterson that I would think I I wouldn't agree with that. I would think my first question I'm get both of your guys' opinions with that would be, well, isn't it? Like, we'll never fucking know everything in the universe, right? I mean, there's no way that the infinite the infinite the universe is literally infinitely expanding. There's I lots mean, of it's. Now. You know, so isn't that a, isn't that like a problem? Isn't that a problem? Just the fact that that is that that's what it would take to derive values. Well, knowing everything and knowing enough, I think, yeah. is a relevant distinction. Yeah. And I guess yeah. that Jordan would probably come back to that by saying, "When do you know that you know enough?" Yeah, I mean, you know, that's my question. When, you know, who yeah. who's the arbiter of that truth yeah. and that reality? Who gets to say, "Okay, now we know enough. Now let's create a moral system." Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sort of Kantian when it comes to morality. I think that I think that no matter what, you kind of just have to create a social contract and go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, which is what all societies do. You know, and it's just like Yuval says. It's it's almost like it's almost like those who are hardcore constitutionalists are just as religious as any other group. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily bad. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, they're not all created equal. So there is a. There are better and worse right. stories, yeah. you might say, or and, commitments. And Sam Harris says that right. about religion. There, you know, yeah. he seems yeah, yeah, to yeah. think that there's, there's a continuum yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I totally, I think I agree with you. I think this is such a complex issue. And um, where, where I lie on a lot of this, um, and we've talked a lot about this, and we don't even agree totally on these points, and, but partly is we're just trying to figure this out, yeah. you know, right? I mean, it's not, it's so hard to know these, these mm. truths. Yeah. Um, I love his summary of Sam's ideas on yeah. values and morality. Um, I read through that book also. And, mm. um, and I also ha- had, I think, the same qualms that Jordan Peterson had. You know, Jordan Peterson pointed out but, you know, that, that still at the baseline level, at the sort of fundamental level of values, mm-hmm. someone has to decide somewhere at some point that one thing is more important than another thing. And and the hard part about that is who says who that guy is yeah. and why their idea of values is higher than the person next to them who disagrees. Yeah. And this is, this, is, this is what unfortunately leads us to things like postmodernism. And yeah. I, I'm not saying I totally disagree with 
with everything that postmodernism claims. Yeah. I think some of it's great. Yeah. But it goes so it goes too far when it begins to break down all, all morality and it says, oh, everything is relative. Yeah. You know? mm. and I'm this with is, you there. And this is Jordan's big apprehension. He yeah. says, well, hold on, hold on. When you when you get rid of some of these stories, and Yuval says the same thing. I think it's almost a direct quote from mm. um, I think it was Homodeus. He mm. says that you you can't have large scale order without religion. And he's not just talking about spiritual religion. He's not talking about like Islam or you know yeah like, supernatural uh, religion. It doesn't have to be that. He, yeah, he's he's really just talking about uh, you know, and he sort of loosely defines religion. Gotcha. But he's just talking about anything that is a system of order and i and 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 ideals and beliefs and principles that are above and beyond individuals right gotcha. intersubjectively yeah, yeah. agreed upon realities whether they're imaginative fiction nonfiction, whatever it is um and i think i agree with that i think yeah. you have like you're saying i think you have to have a story um and sometimes it's fiction sometimes it's not but it has to be there i think it, i think it's i think it's an integral part of any orderly society um, I've not seen society that's really arisen and done well without it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where Jordan Peterson kind of pushes back on Sam and says, hold on. I mean, when you begin to get rid of all of that, yeah. when you begin to get rid of all the stories, you throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. And I side with Jordan Peterson on that. You yeah. know, I, I don't know. I don't know how much I side with him, but I side at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, that you're, it's a very good way to describe all that, by the way. That cleared up a lot for me. Hmm. And I would say that, like, I guess I kind of feel the same. I still feel like I'd love to get your opinion too. Where are you? Where are you at? Like with what he just said, what do you think about that? Uh, that's tough to say. Yeah. I like to, I'll just back up even one step. I, I'm interested in a lot of different circles and, uh, I'm interested in ideology in general. Anytime somebody is, really, really, really committed to something that interests me. All my favorite documentaries are about people with right. extreme lifestyles or, or commitments or anything like that. Um, just any stories, any, any fiction that I read is very extreme by nature. Um, especially because of what Yuval says about our proclivity to share myths or to agree upon something that we never questioned may not really be the case. Yeah. We might say, of course, you know that you know this hundred dollar bill is valuable. You know, and and if I dropped it, we would all go down to pick it up. And if I lost it, I'd be upset. And um, and yet, none of us would say, well, but look at it rationally. It's just a piece of paper, right? Um, it's not. It's not that that realization really even assuages my anxiety about losing that hundred dollars. I know it's just a piece of paper, and I still need it. Yeah. You know, I need it to get because I. Right. And you've all clarified this obviously better than me, but it's not that I have to believe that it's valuable. I have to believe that everyone else believes it's valuable. So if I go into a new country and I say, no, you don't understand a hundred dollars where I come from is very valuable. If I'm in France, they're going to say, I don't need your hundred dollars. I need euros, right? Because it does nothing for me. I exchange it for euros and all of a sudden I'm in business, right? So relative value. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. So, um, so when I, like, for example, if I bring up a, a name or a philosophy or a, a person, especially in my, in my practice, or if I am working with people in treatment and uh, we watch a Ted talk or something like that, I always give my disclaimer. I'm not endorsing necessarily this person or the set of ideas. I just want it to be thought provoking. Um, I, I want to hear something that, that even if I disagree with it, it helps me clarify what I've taken for granted. So, so if I watch Jordan Peterson and I'm scared of that, or if I have this visceral reaction or this opposition or this, 
um, you know, turn that off, shut them down, get them out of here kind of reaction. Um, I wonder, so I don't even know this guy, right? I don't, I don't know what he does in his spare time. I just know what he puts out there. So I'm interested, what am I reacting to basically, right? Um, I'm sympathetic if someone is, is doing harm in the world by announcing awful ideas. I want to know about that too. But um, kind of like when I go to the Harris-Peterson debate, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not interested per se in getting a win for a team. And, right. um, Which is good. I'm with you. Well, I, I hope not. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm not immune to that, that yeah. sensibility. But um, I, I think I like, um, like on a personal level, Peterson is very interesting to me. I, you can listen to him. He's very charismatic. And he's hard to disagree with when you're just talking about intentions. Like he just wants to do good in the world. He wants people to succeed. And he gets really choked up when he hears that people have these really positive outcomes based on his philosophy. Um, and at the same time, Harris makes a lot of sense to me when he says, whoa, 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 we should be really cautious about what kind of language we're using when we're describing these things. Because this guy over here says Jesus is the son of God and the way, the truth, and the life. And Peterson over here says, you know, Jesus is this, the, the highest archetype of what a human being can be. And so those two people share this lexicon and yet they, they, would, they would intend very different things mm. for, for one's life, for my yeah. life, let's say. Yep. So, they share the story, so, but they differ in interpretation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that needs to be clarified. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. So I... I don't know. I get, I also get a kick out of conflict in general. So I love, I love watching the interplay between Sam trying to get Jordan to, to tie down his terms and Jordan saying, how dare you make me yeah. tie down my terms? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah. not to tie down these terms. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to use them loosely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I say spirit or transcendent or, or fundamental or, or being itself, um, what does that even mean? Yeah. You know, and and he'll he'll explain what to do with those terms a lot of the times. But I, I understand Harris is stuck back at the kind of encyclopedia. Like, look, I don't, I still don't know what you mean when yeah. you say those right. things. You know, so so I I I don't I don't. Um, again, Yuval Harari had a profound influence on me too. That yeah. you you can you can stay with. You can stay with that observation that so much of what we think is a story in the first place, and you don't really have to commit one way or the other yet. You, yeah. you can always you can always go further down the rabbit hole and yeah. say, but what about mm. that? What about that? Why do I need that? Why do I love what Peterson is saying right now? Or why do I hate what he's saying right now? What, what does that imply about the way I go about my business every day? You know, how do I manifest what he's saying or what he's not saying? Um yeah. Anyway, no. Just, I think that's, that's my. Kind I of think that's. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to approach the those debates right. and everything. And I. Well, do you think that has to do with your that you're a therapist? Like you kind of have that because a lot of like a lot of people don't think that way when they watch those debates. There's yeah. it, it definitely there's the two sides. It, it's, and, it's not it's a tribalism. Know. It's yeah, true. Yeah, sure. that, that's not runs deep. Speaking about myself, that's not an innate uh, uh, propensity of mine necessarily. I mean, I, I've spent a lot of years. And talking to people like Chris too helps me, humbles me essentially. Or just when I'm getting a little confident about something, I'll read an author that I completely disagree with, and I'll go, "Oh, well, okay." Yeah. You know, yeah. um, or if at at worst, it just 
reinforces what I was thinking before. It goes, oh, good, that's why I wasn't doing that all these years. Yeah. I'm not I'm not losing any sleep over not being this way. Yeah. And that's fine too, right? Um, but, and also I don't think necessarily, I, I think it's the other way around, not that being a therapist makes me that way, but I think I was probably drawn to doing therapy because of my interests makes, in the first yeah, place. I, I chose the profession yeah. rather than the other. Yeah. Of course, yeah. of course, that makes right. definitely yeah. makes way more sense. Yeah, and I would, if I could just kind of piggyback, Please. I think, one thing that they seem to disagree on, I'm not, I'm not even sure we can say disagree because we don't get clear answers. We're not sometimes. sure. <laughs> yeah. But they get bogged yeah. down a lot on terms. Mm. Um, and sometimes this happens to us. I mean, when we talk about things yeah. like truth or God or goodness or beauty, what, what are we talking about? Mm. You know, mm. I mean, we have to do, I mean, their first podcast was, was truth. The whole two yeah, and a half hours, thing. whatever it was, <laughs> was just all about, okay, wait, can you define truth? What do yeah. you mean by truth? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, okay, sure. well, there's objective truth. Mm-hmm, and he's like, mm-hmm. and there's metaphysical truth, but yeah. it's all truth. Yeah. And Sam has a problem with the fact that he sort of uh, conflates terms. And, and I, I agree with Sam on that. I mean, that's something that I really, I am a big stickler for words and terms and truth. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Part of it's from like my, uh, my just being a teacher. I mean, yeah. if I say something to students that really isn't clear, there's a guarantee mm. that in a class of 40 kids, at least 12 to 15 to 20 of them are totally lost, right? And unless they ask a question that that gives me the opportunity to clarify, half of them are just confused for the rest of the semester. Yeah. And so, and I've noticed this when I use when I'm kind of loose with terms or mm. I'm not mm. clear about what I what I expect in the assignment, things like that. Gotcha. Um, and we've all experienced that, right? In classrooms, and we're like, course, I don't really. Every day, every day, every <laughs> right. day, I, I mm-hmm. being in a management position, it, it got every day. There's some yeah. miscommunication. It's so important. So important. To be very clear about right. your, I mean, even That's your right. intentions. That's right. Clear, you know, clear I, and concise. I'm completely there with you. No, yeah. And so I, I share that with Sam, where, you know, where it's like, we'll, we'll talk about God, for example, you know, and I, we have slightly different views on this. And, um, you know, obviously being someone that's a music director at a church, mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe in God. But I don't necessarily believe in the sort of God that some other people believe in. You know, yeah. again, this is a whole conversation itself because yeah. I don't think any two humans on the planet believe in the same God. Yeah, I agree. With There's you. no such thing. Yeah. There are as many gods as there are humans mm. who believe in them. Um, and so I think defining terms is huge. So when when we were in Palm Springs, I think it was, and we had a little conversation, and it almost got kind of heated because we were talking. He was, you know, he was saying, well you know, do you believe in God or do you not? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't, I think we need to define these terms, yeah. you know? And, um, and ultimately we, we came to agree that, yeah, it is, we actually do need to do that. You know, yeah. we need to really define these terms. What, what do we mean by truth, God, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in the, uh, which one was it? maybe the se- second it was or the, third one. Yeah. They were talking about evil. And they, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, um, Jordan and Jordan and Sam uh, were, it was, it was like, an awesome moment. We were about to get this awesome definition of evil. Oh, oh right. I understand. And Jordan and Jordan was like, well, we should really define that. Let's define evil, right? And this was the first time I'd ever seen the tables flipped. Uh-huh. Or, uh, is that the right phrase? I know. I, tables tables turn. I actually tables don't turn. remember this. I got to rewatch yeah, it. Was so, it's, and it's a short moment because Sam kind of dismisses it, unfortunately. Mm. And I got so frustrated because I was like, oh, yes, finally Jordan wants to define something, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was so excited. I know, a rare moment. And, yeah. and I was really, really excited about it. And, um, the audience kind of laughs and, and Sam kind of almost mocks it a little bit. And mm. he, he goes back to his baseline moral landscape argument of like, well, you've got this life, life A, which is thoroughly unenjoyable mm-hmm. and it's good luck, the bad uh, life. Yeah, you, exactly. You've got mm-hmm. the life A and life B. And he's like, so obviously this is better than that. So yeah. we want to do things that bring us closer to that. I agree with that. But he didn't define what he meant by evil. He didn't yeah. define what he meant by bad. Yeah. Right. 
Um, we, what does it even mean that it's good? Yeah. Right? Mm. Is it that you have more money? Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean good. Is it that you're mm. whatever? Is it that you're more prosperous in your career? Mm. Is it that you have higher status? Is it that, that you're in love with someone that you're really, what is it? That, and they never defined that. Yeah. And then, mm. so then they just moved on without yeah. the definition. I mean, it seems so, to yeah, me like yeah. frustrated. We would love to get your guys' opinion. Like just listening to everything you're saying, thinking about it, it definitely seems like that is the fundamental problem with why it is so hard to come to some agreement on, in those debates. Is it, it seems like to me, just sitting here thinking about this, it it's like it's impossible to define the truths of religion. If you want to go with the Jordan Peterson argument right. that religion religion is supposed to give us truths about how to be like how to be a good person. That's what they're that's what they're trying to do, right? But it's it's impossible to define those. It seems like there's no way and that's why they come up in the form of religion, in the form of stories. It's why they're being told in that format because there is no way to pin it down because there's too many it's infinite. There's Maybe. too many infinite it's amount very, very of complex. ways yeah. you can act. There, we have so many emotions. I tend to like think our emotions are our gods. They are what control us. And that's mm -hmm. even, you know, a lot of religions. I mean, that's, you can look back at yeah. ancient religions and they, it definitely seems like when they're writing about gods and stuff, they were really trying to somehow articulate these insane emotions that control us and put them in the yeah. form of some way that's that right. you can define it. And that's then, right. you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this stuff too. But it seems like to me, yeah, it's really impossible. Yeah, it's really impossible to define specifically the truths of how to be as a good person. And that's why we have to have them in, this, in the form of stories mm -hmm. because there is some common thread all of us, like it's like what we talk about. The, the kind of fundamental existence is suffering. We we're it's it's a hard fucking life being a human. It can be. It's infinite, and it's it's you know it's really hard. And there's an infinite amount of things to decide from and do. Isn't that what our brains are for? Our brains are meant to look at the infinite data that we're taking in with our five senses and right. turn it into a funnel that we can kind of see specifically right. and then make decisions based off of it. You can even argue, like Jordan Peterson has argued, that's what consciousness is. Consciousness is the mechanism right. that takes the infinite yeah, amount of that. data and puts it into a way, puts it into a story right. that we can tell ourselves to function. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, is there a way to define those terms? Like, is it, will it ever happen? Yeah. It's like the fundamental deep problem yeah you know yeah. well i i do have a i i do have a, a lens issue sometimes if I'm, depending on who i'm talking to it not everyone is necessarily interested in answering those questions so if not everyone who pursues even even, I don't, even a very religious person i want to say um might not necessarily care what the definition of god or evil is yeah um, and I'm not talking about necessarily that that's a shortcoming of theirs. It's just that they're, they're not, they might not be using the religion in the same way or for the mm. same reason. So, I, I, I mean, I even find a lot of professional philosophers or, or kind of pop philosophers who, by and large, are atheists, are more interested in religion than most religious yeah. folks. So if yeah, you meet your, your ordinary family member who says, of course I'm religious, you know, and they have a relationship with God or, or a a text of some sort or something like that, um, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to say, 
oh good, I'm so glad to meet a theologian. Uh, can you reconcile um, the problem of evil for me? They're going to say, what is that, right? They're, <laughs> yeah. they don't, so yeah. you have to kind of, you have to kind of nerd out on this stuff yeah. in your own personal, um, via your own personal curiosities, yeah. I think. So sometimes, uh, like with Harrison Peterson, it's almost, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a luxury of being a Western intellectual to sit on that stage and go, gosh, what is this all made of? Yeah. You know, what is, and that's not a bad thing. I love that we've reached a point, humanity, that we can talk about these things and even argue about them in a civil way. Um, but I hear them talk and give the, re, give the most uh, complex intellectual description of what it might be like to be religious or non-religious, but that's not necessarily why people are or are not religious. Mm, so you meet, you meet your everyday atheist or your everyday evangelical, and they're not going to say, oh, no, 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 I, I, I went through every argument under the sun, and I used symbolic logic, and I talked to as many theologians and people of, of the opposite stance, and I, I just came to this conclusion. You know, I, I didn't even want to. I yeah. just, I'm just forced <clears throat> to believe this because yeah. it's so reasonable. Yeah. Um, often the other way around, right? Someone will be very drawn to a conclusion, and then they'll uh, conveniently uh, argue their way in into backwards, right? Yeah. So, so I just, I just, I'm sympathetic that even all the words we're using in this conversation. If I made you tie down even one of those words, and I said, "Well, give me, give me a, the real dictionary definition of that word," yeah, it'd be very hard for us to come up with yeah. that on our own, right? Sure. We're not. That, that's not our job, though. Yeah. We, we're, we're using these words to get ideas from one head into another. Mm. And somehow you followed everything I'm saying so far. And so I know it's working. Right. Going back to Harrison Peterson, sometimes I'll hear one of them say a word that doesn't click for the other one. Like Harris will say evil or Peterson will say God. And they'll go, wait, I know how I use that word, but I'm, I don't think that sentence made any sense. Yeah. Um, kind of like in the Deepak Chopra debate with, with Sam Harris, Deepak is talking about, quantum physics and things like that. And, uh, a, and, a, a physicist in the audience comes up to the microphone during the Q and a and, and says, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Nothing you're saying makes sense. Right. And he, so he reiterates Deepak reiterates something he said. And the guy said, I know what all of those words mean, but I don't really know what that sentence means. And that, that disconnect it, to me is very important. And I yeah. share Harris's and, and Chris's, concern that, well, wait, if we're not even talking about truth being the same thing, how are we ever going to move forward? What, what are we going to be able to talk mm, about yeah. if we don't even know what we're talking about? Yeah. Right. You know? Which I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong. You know, I want to know, correct me if I'm wrong. I just need to make sure that we're not going to keep using these words and right, arrive yeah. at completely yeah. different conclusions. Yeah, I think totally that's a big, a, definitely a big problem. And I think, I definitely think just the idea of like science it's like science. I mean, we kind of touched on it very briefly in the last podcast. I'd love to get both of your guys' thoughts. But to me, it definitely seems like religion, the stories, all that, the ancient stories, the ancient religions were the way that we navigated. It was the way that we articulated the way to navigate through life. You know, it was, that's how we did it. We, we observed, you know, we started out with no language or anything and we just watched and observed and how do I feel? 
what is he doing? She doing? Right. How are they feeling? We formed language. We got right. more articulate. We What's started working? writing What's it down. Right. We, everything started coming together into these stories, which is religion. And those were the way that we, we, we referred to those to sh- help us navigate through the life. And then science came along, you know, mathematics, all these objective facts came along and kind of obliterated a lot of science because now we have these objective things going against like all those stories that we were using for thousands of years to help us navigate. Mm-hmm. But the, the objective things aren't giving us the answers. Like there is no, you can't read in a textbook and do a calculation to figure out how do I make this emotional decision right now? I'm faced with these right. crazy, I, you know, I want two things come to mind. You could tell me which path you want to go down. Yeah. Antonio Damasio is, is a great, I guess he would be an authority on, he just changed my mind a lot with uh, the distinction between feelings, emotion, and reason. Mm. And that those are, those are three different things, but they're not independent. Um, and I could do my best explanation of, of how those things relate, but also on, so the, the second road would be um, science with a capital S is a recent thing, right? The, the scientific uh, community, let's very say. Recent. Very Yeah. But um, objective truths are as old as mankind as well. Yeah, it's just hard to it's hard to separate. Okay, is this am I am I tasting this fruit because it's good for me, or is it going to be poisonous, or you know, just basic kind of information like that? And then you aggregate everything that you know, and then you can test it, and you can actually falsify information. That yeah, gotcha. that's very counterintuitive for people. You know, humans are just not that good at that. Yeah. Um, so that being said, science never promises answers to questions. It doesn't owe you an answer to the question, um, you know, what is the meaning of life, for example. That, that might not even be a scientific question per se. Yeah. That is to say, it's not a falsifiable question. It's not one that you could, you could pose a hypothesis to and say, I think the meaning of life is this. And then you could run a series of experiments and then falsify it and then say, oh, well, that didn't work right. out. Yeah. You, you could is, say you don't like it for sure. Yeah. And Peter's, Peterson's good at saying that, is saying people do, quote unquote, test theories of meaning of life, and then they end up in despair or without purpose or something like that. But yeah. even that is a series of stories about meaning being this and not that. Yeah, which is, so, that's yeah. like the problem, the issue that I see with with science, with a capital S, I guess, I would I would use that way to frame it, which is, Science with a capital S came along and started. It's not that science came along to give us the answers to those deep questions, but it it took away the answers that we had and then doesn't provide us with answers. It like came along, took mm. away the answers that religion was giving us yeah. because now we have ways to measure all of these things. Like you right. can you can prove that there was th- the things that are said in the Bible. Now we can prove that it doesn't work. There like miracles yeah. don't happen. Kinda, the way, yeah, you know. I mean. I- you you kind of do whatever you want with the data, though. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Uh, like, so, who is science? So, science doesn't quote unquote give or take away or owe anything, anything from. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. There, science is just this collection of information. I'm just noticing if I had this cherished belief that um, that only eating hot pockets is the way to perfect health gives my life meaning. I think it's what God wants for me. I'm just going to eat Hot Pockets all day, every single day. Amen. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, hallelujah for Hot Pockets. Hallelujah. And then one day, my local scientist in the form of a doctor says, 
oh, by the way, you're not going to want to keep doing that if you want to be healthy because, you know, this is this is what Hot Pockets consist of and um, you should really add something else to your diet, right? Yeah. Uh, I can still choose to eat. I could say, well, that's not my goal. My goal is to Hot Pockets give my meaning life. I mean, sorry, my life meaning. Um, and there's no one behind that door that's going to come out and say, sorry, you're wrong because I can eat myself into an early grave through mm. hot pockets if I want to. Yeah. Science doesn't determine that for me. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I guess uh, but there is, there's an inconsistency there in yeah. my human brain that goes, wait, shoot. I thought that hot pockets gave my life meaning and that there was no contradiction there to my health. Yeah. Now I'm finding out that, that the health part was actually wrong yeah. and I want to, yeah. you know, so it's so that's goals, a better way to frame the problem. Yeah. 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 If, if, if your yeah. goals don't converge in those areas, then you have a problem. Yeah, for sure. Right. But, but you might not, it just depends on, depends yeah. on who you are, right? Yeah. It depends on what right. the issue of the day is. Yeah, for sure. And if I, I also think, I think you're right, but I, I don't think it's totally science's fault. It's partly also, um, religion's fault. Yeah. I yeah, think I everyone, I, I think that, everyone yeah. is to blame yeah. in how we've kind of gone to this almost Nietzschean, uh, not totally nihilistic, but this, what, what he, what he thought would become this mm. secular society that had nothing to replace it. Um, and we're sort you of know, left like a vacuum in, of values. Yeah. Sort of like left in, you know, like in the abyss kind mm. of, I, the, yeah, I think a vacuum of, um, of values, you know, cause what happens is right. Science comes along and, uh, is, is sort of, is sort of a, countercultural push against the oppressiveness of what religion had become. Yeah. But then the problem is that, that this is back like in the Renaissance, right? During the scientific enlightenment. Um, the problem is that religion didn't just accept it with open arms. And that would have been the greatest thing ever had they just, uh, they, but had the uh, culture of yeah, religion. had the culture yeah. of religion and had the institutions and, and powers that be yeah. said, okay, well, let's just let's just let's go with this. Let's have both. Let's yeah. kind of adjust this a little bit. Maybe some of the stories are more fictional than we thought. That's okay. And I think that's what that's what Peterson kind of says. Yeah. You know, is that is that you know maybe it's okay that some of the stories aren't perfectly realistically nonfiction. You know, maybe it's okay that they're they're just stories you yeah. know i don't think they lose their meaning because they're just stories yeah i don't think they lose their you. function or their or their or their utility you know or their usefulness whatever it is so you know going through the 17th 18th century when you're going through all this change in in especially in western society it it seemed to me that scientists were really onto something and the church knew it and instead of the church saying oh Let's explore this together, right? We're interested in truth and reality. You're interested in truth and reality. Let's all figure this out together. It yeah. became this tribal yeah. thing. And yeah, the church, sure. you know, uh, I mean, you name it, Copernicus, um, Galileo, and um, uh, Kepler, all of them were basically socially chastised for what they believed. They, they, they were told to basically renounce their views yeah. and to say, and that, I think that's what kind of created this each team digging their heels in and it became this tribal battle. Yeah. And instead of religion growing and evolving in a way that would have been really productive and science growing and evolving in a way that would have been really productive. And instead of being able to preserve both meaning 
and objective truth, you end up with this dichotomy of ideas that seem mutually independent and completely incompatible. And so nowadays, we're still left with the residue of this, yeah. right? Where we're still left with this, you have to choose. You yeah. have to choose if you want to be scientifically minded or if you want to be religious. Yeah. And that breaks my heart. I hate that. Yeah. You know, I hate that we have to choose that. You know, and and why why can't we why can't we find again this truth sort of in the middle? You know. Yeah. Um, and so that's just sort of my thoughts no, on that is that a, everyone's I, at fault. I yeah. think that's I'm 100. That's a really good way to put it. That figuring out a way to to bring them together and it's almost like you said taking the story aspect of religion it's like accepting that okay this obviously isn't like scientific fact but these stories are still extremely beneficial and important yeah. i mean thousands of years went into like formulating this stuff it's not just like some guy wrote some shit down in a book one day and it was exactly the truth, right. you know it's it's so much went into it yeah. and trying to bring it together to figure That's out right. like how can we navigate with recognizing the stories are important right. and the science is a way to give us answers to certain things, obviously, right. you know? So, so just on a, maybe a more personal level, are you so drawn to this because you find it difficult to know what to do, <laughs> to know how to choose? Um, do, do you, do you, do you look for a story because you need one in some way? Or? Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly not, I not, I don't really have a difficult time finding, especially now it's, it's like, I just listen to my conscience like we talked about before and that voice tells me the shit that I need to do and usually it's it takes me down a path that's right which is just whatever you want to think of your conscience as being who knows what that really is you know sure, the holy spirit yeah i mean, <laughs> I mean you can call the i mean the yeah. number of labels yeah right, right. it is it is not these experiences when you become when you tap into that and you meditate and listen to it and you you in every moment, really try to become aware of it. It becomes clear and easier to follow it, and it usually leads you down a path that's good. So it isn't that. I don't know. I'm just really interested in it. Like mm, I yeah. am very interested in in human beings and why we act the way we act and why we are the way we are. And and I'm really interested in the idea of consciousness. Like what the fuck is consciousness? Me too. Good question. What a it's such. It's every day I'm thinking about I'm this weird I'm this fucking weird body, like seeing shit through my eyes. Right. Like it's in this insane right. experience that's crazy if you really sit down right. and like start thinking about that's right. all, like why are we here? What are we doing? That's what it is. It's just it's just so interesting yeah. to me. And and both things are so interesting to me. I kind of before the Jordan Peterson video got me really interested in the more religious stuff, I was watching like physics videos every day and mm. podcasts on physics and dark energy and the big bang and, and, you know, string theory and all that. And I was very interested in all that stuff too, but mm. it, it all leads to the same. There is no answers when you get, when you boil it down to like, here's a good question. What the fuck happened before the big bang? What existed? I don't know if that question makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. What do you mean? If time began there, there was no, before it, isn't a word that makes sense in that question. I mean, and that, that is, a, I mean, obviously that makes a lot of sense, but it's, you still, the question is still there of, okay, well, time be began there, words, nothing existed before that. So it still begs the question, okay, well, 
why right. and how. And we still don't yeah. know. Why I mean, that's and really how? Should, what was before? Go to a physics yeah. department. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Yeah. It's so it's mm-hmm. so that's another super complex thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, and even even like I don't know how relevant string theory is now is it's like, you know, Couple years ago, a few years I'm ago, not sure. it was it was huge. everyone was talking about it, and it was kind of the, it's a little less popular, you know. Now. And but the question, even things like particles, mm-hmm. like Wait, waves versus particles, yeah, like, waves versus particles. Yeah. What is an electron? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Where's an electron? What is an electron? Like? Mm-hmm. Right? right. I mean, it, it, I think you can answer a lot of those questions. I know. No, you I, talk to the right people. Yeah, and and my some of the, the feeling is like of what them. what yeah. is an electron and from my understanding of it, an electron is a is just a cloud of probability. Yeah, it doesn't even That's exist right. until it's observed, right? Right. And those types of questions are this. It's this all. It's it's all the same interesting, yeah. crazy deep questions about this fucking life, like right. this this mm-hmm. existence of what we are. It's just there. I don't. I'm, it's not like I'm getting into it because I want to find the answers. I don't know that there are answers, but exploring it and just hearing the ideas and delving into it, it just invigorates me. I mean, yeah. it's just interesting. So I don't know if that and answers my, your that question, but that's what it is. It's just so right interesting now. to me to explore it, you know? So what, whether or not there's a connection between the Big Bang, electrons, and the meaning of life, what about the what about the hanging on to, uh, to a narrative or a story? It, it sounds like you were searching... Or, or, or something was satisfied when you heard either the Peterson story or what, what people tend to be talking about when they yeah. talk about how to move forward. And I'm also curious how, uh, when you listen to your conscience and you and you notice that it tends to lead you down a good path or you like the outcomes, yeah. how do you know that they're good or what, what do you like about listening to that? Well, I guess a big part of listening to your conscience is kind of, I guess the anchor of it is it usually, it's like telling the truth. It's like what Jordan Peterson always says too about the truth. You got to just tell the truth. You really need to tell the truth as much as you can because the moment you start to lie or the moment you start to not tell the truth, you have so much shit piling up behind you. That's there. That's just this pressure that's holding right. you back. And you and then everything you're saying, all the decisions you're making, you have to tiptoe around right. it because you have all this shit like behind you that yeah. just hasn't come out. And I think that's a, I guess that's a good way to think about it for me is like what listening to my conscience, it usually just a lot of the time is like, just be fucking honest right now. Like if if it's some situation where I have to like say something to an employee or I have to, you know, it's usually like, listen, this sucks. There's things that have to happen here. You have to, even if it's like, I have to fire someone or whatever, it's like, just be fucking as real as you can be. Like, that's what the, that's kind of what it goes back to. It's like, doesn't matter if it's going to suck for the person. It doesn't matter if you're going to come across as an asshole or unsympathetic. Just be honest. Just be real. And and usually it it doesn't mean that it's easy. It just means the outcome usually is good because they're it's putting everything. It's putting right. It's putting the moments behind me so I can focus on what's That's in front right. of me. Like what Jordan Peter, Peterson has said, yeah. the truth puts reality behind you so you can focus on just what's coming in front of you and yeah. not have to worry about the shit behind you anymore. Right. And um. And the truth will set you free. And the truth will set you free. I mean, that, I mean, that really is, I think, free from a lot of things. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. that phrase gets used a lot. Yeah. But we forget that it's like, like I think Jesus was making, I'm not trying to, to uh, smuggle Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the Jesus <laughs> that we're Watch talking out. about. It's Watch happening out. now. Um, 
But I, I really think there's some, there's a really profound truth there. You know, is he, I don't think he's just saying that if you believe in the truth that God exists, I don't, I don't think it's that narrow. I think he's yeah. saying all truth, right? Yeah. Being genuine, being yourself. And this was sort of the existentialist movement of the late 19th century, right? Was that if you are authentic in what you believe, you really seek truth first and foremost from your own perspective, yeah. right? And you go from there. Yeah. You develop an individuality that is unstoppable yes. and strong. And uh, you can persevere most things with the truth. Yeah. With, I agree with, with that. With that. And, and I think that's what your powerful. conscience, if you, it, that's what your conscience does. That's I, right. I mean, who knows really what your conscience does? Because you can argue, well, there aren't there two different consciences? There's the, the one that's kind of leading you toward the good path, but then there's the one that like is berating you and like kind of pointing out all yeah. the shit that's wrong with you. I mean, are they the same? Is it? And when I say this, I'm not yeah. like fucking schizophrenic. I'm not saying like, no. I hear these, you know what I mean? It's like just, the, yeah. it's the dialogue happening in my but mind. I you love know? this. I, I am, it, I would say I'm first and foremost a Christian and second most like a Taoist. Mm. I love Taoism. And, and, and so, so this idea of basically chaos and order, yeah. you know, and I, he talks yeah. about it all the time. Love it. Um, but I think it's just that, you know, I don't yeah. think they're necessarily having to be these opposite forces, you know, yeah. as a lot of myths might say, but they're sort of complementary yet opposing ideals. Um, and they can work together, right, sort of in conjunction to make you better. You know, imagine yeah. if you only had one of them. Uh, it, it, there, there'd be nothing to juxtapose it with. You wouldn't know, right, like you don't know necessarily what what's true and what's real until you can identify what's not true and what's yeah. not real. Definitely. You know, these sorts of things are obviously um, not paradoxical necessarily, but they're certainly opposing. I, we were just talking about this. This, this goes back to kind of like flow state, for example. I don't know if you've studied flow psychology at all, I've, but like it's, listen to some stuff. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've, we've probably heard the, the words kind of float around, you know, in the social ether. Um, and flow state is this, it basically, it's, it's incredibly Taoist as far as I can tell, where, being in this flow state where, th where you're, you're confident, you feel competent yet challenged, you feel um, empowered yet slightly, slightly beyond what's, what's really comfortable, yeah. right? You're in that perfect space between chaos and order, yep. right? So like when I'm in the classroom and I'm having a hard time, it's usually because something is either too difficult or I'm bored. Yeah. And that's what that's what seems to be the case when a lot of people say that they're not fulfilled with their work or their or their line of work. They say, Oh, it's boring or it's not, it doesn't challenge me, it doesn't interest me. So that means it's too comfortable. That means yeah. there's too much order, right? It's too it, it's it's almost too predictable, yeah. right? But then there's also the opposite where people say, I am overwhelmed, I'm so stressed, I just have knots in my back all day long, yeah. right? There's too much chaos there. Definitely. That's too hard. That's too challenging. And so I think that truth, that flow state is is right in the middle. Yes. You have to be comfortable enough to be confident, but challenged enough to be right on the edge of your capabilities. Yeah. And that feels good. Yeah. You know, what it, is that and that what does that get at? Like what is to me it seems like what that's getting at is those are the moments where you can grow, like truly grow. I totally agree. You're, you're whatever that means, physically exercising, right. you can expand your consciousness to, to whatever it's, it's like, those are the moments where you learn and truly make gains. However mm. you, whatever that means, you know, right. like actually grow as a human being, you know, because when you're, when there's too much chaos, you're not going to grow because you're just being pushed down constantly. Yeah. constantly also, constantly. I, I think people, it's enjoyable also, but, but people are also more effective in that state that That's right. you're you're engaged as much as possible so you do it's the more taoist uh, description would be the 
balance between doing and not doing. Mm. You're not overdoing it and not scrambling and making mistakes that way because your attention's so divided. Mm. But you're also not not doing yeah. in the way that you're being lazy and you're leaving stuff out. Right. So you're you're surfing is a common activity that people discuss flow states and um, j- just because of the unpredictability of the activity itself of of a wave or of nature and then your own physical abilities to to roll with it. So it's it's like the right amount and chances are humans are going to be able to get in flow states that other animals wouldn't, right? Yeah. We all have a different flow state. Um I, I wonder if like cats hunting or something would be like a flow state, yeah, right? Yeah. Something I mean, where yeah. they're they're right on you know it's, it's something like that right? kind of kicks in. Yeah. So so humans, you know, we you you notice that this is just enough challenge met with um, uh, uh, competence, yeah, like you said, capability. Um, and then you, if you could just travel down that road, then you'll do a really good job. You know, mm. You'll get to that goal, whatever yeah. that is. Right? Yeah, and I would, I would say this goes right back to being really honest and genuine and telling the truth, and not just with other people, but with yourself. Yes. Like that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Because how can you, how can you learn? To get into flow state more often. Yeah. The only way that I can tell is by reflecting on what's going on, right? So after I teach, instead of just being like, well, that was a day, you know, uh-huh. and I'm done now, and then tomorrow yeah. will be yeah. another yeah. day, yeah. and they're all just independent days. Definitely. Yeah. You see it as a stream of events that will either get better or worse, you know, that C.S. Lewis talks about this in sort of a more theological way where there is no, I think you said this last week or, or mm. when you last talked, there really is no neutral decision. There really is no neutral yeah. action. There's no neutral event. Everything moves you towards the better or the worse, you know, everything. Yeah. And so in being honest with yourself and really like reflecting, so at the end of the day, I should sit down and go, okay, I'll just, and I'll just take a, a few minutes or on my drive home from work, I'll say, okay, what, what mm. worked? What, what didn't work? When was I in flow state and why? Gotcha. You know, and and, yeah, and amazing, thinking about okay, yeah, and, and thinking about okay, there was that moment. And it was like four minutes. I remember that, and it was just on. You no know, stuttering, boom, boom, boom. My yeah. mind was on. What was it? I want to know what that was. And I think about that all the time. And sometimes I actually write it down. You know, and I write down some of the bullet points. We did this, and then we mm-hmm. did this, and I'm finding that the percentage of time that I'm in flow state increases almost daily. You know, yeah. at least at least this much. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome, and, and that that makes me want to just mention something to anyone listening. The writing it down aspect of that is so, I mean, it's such an important thing. I just recently in the past, like maybe month have started um, journaling in a very kind of not like a emotional vomiting way. Mm. What I do is it sounds like pretty much what you're doing. I I write down kind of the bullet points of my day and then literally like it's just one little sentence and then next to it in parentheses, I put my energy level from one to 10. Oh, I'll write down, that. write down the bullet That's points great. of my day and put my energy level next to it and kind of think about where was my energy the highest? Where was the, the lowest? How can I increase it the next day? Like, yeah. how can I avoid things that were lower? You know, how does that all add up? And it really, it's just sounds like what you're doing, just writing it down. It's a good yeah. technique. A lot of people talk about how important it is writing, journaling. It helps right. not only get your thoughts out of your head and down somewhere, but it's such a good, like, I th- I'm so glad you brought that up because I think it's a really good Thing, it's a good thing to practice analyzing when y- your energy is high, when when it's low, when you're in flow state, whatever that means. Yeah. So you can kind of aim for it the next day and avoid it, you know, avoid right. the things that were not good for you as much as you can, you know. Yeah. And that kind of brings me back to like, you asked me a question earlier that I didn't get to. You asked me, what did you ask me? You asked me like, why, why am I invigorated by 
the religious aspect? Or are you asking something to. like that a second ago? I can't uh, remember, but or the story. I asked you a few things, but when you were talking about how to aggregate, how to how to filter all of humanity's um, stories and collected wisdom and things like that to form a story that's worth abiding by. And you're just talking about your interest in finding meaning, deciding how to get from one place to another. So my question was, uh, yeah, I think, I think my new question, I'm just thinking about it right now, actually is I just wonder if there's something about you that struggles to do that on your own or that you really, you like, you're really drawn to finding a story like that or, yeah. or developing one yourself. Yeah. But, but something I mean, about that, I just wonder. It's a really good question. I really quickly too, just want to apologize to you guys that I keep like aiming my attention. I'm just checking the, the peaking on my computer making sure everything matches up. Yeah. Since you don't have the headphones. Yeah. Right? Sorry. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm not taking my attention. Away. I just want you guys to know. Um, but that's a really good question and I don't know how to answer it exactly, but I do know, um, like, just that experience that I had with suicide was, it was basically the feeling was that I, there was literally no reason for me to continue to live. No reason, no purpose. No purpose. What's the point? What was the point for me to continue living? Mm -hmm. I was only experiencing negative things in my mind, right? It was my mind. It was me, my fault, you know, kind of, it was the way I was perceiving things, but I was, it was just no, no hope for my future. And I felt completely like I wasn't a valuable human being. Mm. And when you, when you, you're in that place, when you're in that place, it is, the meaning is, you know, finding the meaning is so important and it's hard to articulate. It's hard to explain it. Mm. It's like, it's like the, I, yeah, it was, it's com- being completely hopeless about purpose in life. I, I wasn't in a career that I was enjoying and I was just feeling, you know, I was feeling completely undervalued, not valuing myself. And I guess, like, I guess that's part of the reason why this has become, I've become passionate about it is because I've experienced what it's like to feel that way. And I know how fucking hard it is to get out of it. Mm. It's really hard to get out of it. And it's, it's so hard when you're truly in a depressed state, feeling like there's no hope for you. There's no reason for you to live and you're not bringing anything to the table of life. It's, it's so hard to get out of that. And it, it's almost like Jordan Peterson made me realize, and this is just my opinion on it, but he made me realize that the meaning in life isn't the material things. It isn't like, oh, my career. It isn't um, my daughter, my girlfriend, even things Mm -hmm. that you would typically think like religion, family, friends, all that obviously can bring you meaning in your life. But from my perspective, it's much deeper and it's the meaning can be derived from the actual playing of the game and growing Mm. like expanding your your capabilities as a human being which you can do that literally at any time in your life this conversation Mm. is that for me you guys are helping me see things in a completely different way and we're challenging each other and we're asking these questions that's making me really think and it's it's literally making me 
grow as a human being. Mm-hmm. And and I was not at all aware of any of these ideas or anything really before. And realizing, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't need other people to feel valuable. I don't need materialistic things. I don't need to, to have some career where I'm going to become successful and have a million dollars and do all this. What I need to do is fucking grow and do the best that I can do in every moment to try to challenge myself and grow to help me and maybe help other people along the way. Like I almost think of things as like, I think of, I think of things in terms of, you know, we've talked about simulation theory a little bit. Like I tend to really see things as, as I don't mean we're living in a fucking computer somewhere in the future. I don't mean that. I mean, like we're living in a database reality, everything that we're experiencing Literally, I, I think you can probably scientifically define it as as information that we're interpreting with our right. five senses. Right, just interfacing with data. Right, at all times. everything is data, and we're interpreting it with our five yeah. senses and trying to form it into a story to help us move right. forward. And even more than that, from my in my opinion, we're doing it to help grow consciousness, to help like help grow the greater good god whatever you want to call it like it's all about growing and for me and like realizing that really helped me in my life like it it made me value my fucking job that before i hated i was miserable Mm. every day same job miserable same fucking Mm -hmm. job if not way more responsibility now and i fucking enjoy it now because i see it as all right here's the game you're playing the game how can you challenge yourself? How right. can you grow? How can you see this horrible, hard situation and manipulate it in a good way to to form a right. you know something that can help everybody in the in here and right. grow the whole thing? It's like becoming conscious of that and then really trying to act it out helped me. I guess Jordan Peterson was the spark to that, and then delving into all of these ideas and thinking and thinking and thinking mm-hmm. helped me realize that for myself. That's my opinion, mm. and I and that's I guess that's the answer to yeah. why this yeah. stuff. I dig it. You no, know, it really right. invigorates me, that's and exactly, really yeah. I'm passionate about it. And I also I think suicide and all that stuff mm-hmm. needs to be talked about because it's fucking happening too mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Right. There's too many You're people. Right. There's so much. There's so much depression and anxiety yeah. and people killing themselves, and it's yeah. fucking crazy to me. Mm-hmm. That you can get to a place in your life where you feel so hopeless and undervalued that you fucking kill yourself. Yeah. That is not okay. Yeah. And it's because people are putting so much expectations on materialistic things. Social media, I have, yeah. I, I believe like social media has a lot to do with it. You know, I it's agree. talked about a lot too. You see, sure. you see I all agree. these people on Instagram posting the perfect moments in their life. And it's making you think these people have perfect lives. Yeah. I'm a fuck up. That's not my life. I'm experiencing all this horrible yeah. shit. You know, right. So anyway, if we I can, can rant on about that. No, I, I agree. If, if we can circle it back, right. I think a lot of, um, I'm pretty sure about this stat, you know, suicide, as far as we know, is is higher now on average than it's ever been in first world nations, right. you know, yeah. and there's something going on. I mean, we can't ignore that statistic, you know, um, there, as far as I understand, I think um, anxiety and depression are at something like an all time high, yeah. you know. There were the periods in history where it peaked, right? But as yeah. an average, it seems to be in first world nations anyway, going up. And so what, what is that? You know, what's causing that? I think it goes back to this sort of lack of meaning. This, yeah. When you abandon things like religion, and I'm not trying to smuggle it in saying we need to be all like, we, like we all need to go to church on Sunday. I'm just saying when you abandon these stories, when you abandon these narratives that 
help to frame everyday life in a positive, forward-moving way, right? Where you're full of hope, you're full of faith, you're full of all these things, whether or not they're totally, objectively, scientifically, perfectly true. Um, when you abandon a lot of that and don't replace it with anything, there is a vacuum, there's a void that we are going to want to fill with anything, with likes on Facebook, with how many hours we spend on, on YouTube, with yes. whatever, with, with shows that are significantly less meaningful and profound than any like religious story, right? <laughs> yeah. And we, we just spend our Maybe. time. you could doing... argue that. You could argue that. <laughs> you could. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've spent a lot of hours of my life playing like video games, for example, right? <laughs> and I just hate League of Legends. But <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, all of these things. I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm so ashamed. No, really feel, but, I mean, I, I the, think you're making a are, good point that those yeah, yeah. that movies right. and comic books and video games and yeah. social media are like trying to fill the void right. that it's that has been left I, because yeah. because we're becoming more it's but, like we're becoming way more yeah. wise yeah, yeah, and yeah, intelligent yeah. but i like that yes video games are great <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i'm not saying they're innately bad right no, I mean, no, any but, of these things in moderation etc right? yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, a I it's a great that. it's an insightful reaction to have that oh my gosh i just did something that that only set me back. Yeah. <laughs> so, something that only I never play the game and think, "Oh, I'm now smarter." Yeah, <laughs> I now feel better about. I'm glad I'm a better I person. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad I did this. I mean, you. I, it's I feel closer relative, to people. Right? You, you can argue that video. There are games, some games I feel better, but yeah. but as a but as an individual, you, we all might be the only people that know that. Yeah. So so you don't know whether that person's uh, trip to Hawaii was the the best experience of their life. They might say that on on. Facebook or wherever it might be. And, and you don't, you don't necessarily even, it's not even your job to test that theory and to go and to message them and go, no, but really out of, uh, you know, a scale of one to 10, yeah. how great was it? You just have this internal reaction. Oh my gosh, I would like to do something like that. I wish I had more experiences like that. Mm. And, and not, not knowing the difference between a 10 out of 10 experience and a one out of 10 can be really bad. So that, so that you go mm. back to your, one out of 10 experience. Daniel Kahneman is so good at this. He's the very famous behavioral economist. And um, he, just your, your remembered experience, your, your experiencing self versus your remembered self um, or your, your narrative self are, are also going to be very different. Yeah. So you, even in the act of telling yourself that something was fun, there might even be this kind of placebo effect. You do something every time and you say, yeah, I kind of like this. I think, I think this is a good way to spend my time. And, and little do you know, you're wasting your time. You you might not even know at that moment until afterwards you check in and you go, I am one hour further into my life and I will never get that hour back. Yeah. And I totally regret it. Yeah. And I and I totally wish I did something else. And that doesn't mean to be time maximizing robots, because if you're never around to experience those benefits, then it's also, it seems not worth doing yeah. a lot of the time, right? Mm. Um, I'm thinking of people who, who are just obsessed with, um, what would you call that? Letting people know how productive they're being as well, um, as opposed to being really into something and going, wow, this is really productive for me. Yeah. Um, uh, s someone who maybe ends up being really bright, but then they, I'm thinking of someone like Isaac Newton, hmm. where definitely if I want a question answered, I will go to him, but I don't want to spend more than 10 minutes with him because interpersonally he was Right. Apparently a nightmare. He was right. apparently very difficult to be around. Right. So I, I'd rather be the interpersonal um, right. uh, balance. Would you rather than... hang out with him or Schopenhauer? 
That'd be a, that's a, that'd be a depressing dinner. There's, there's a tough. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. Do I want to feel bulldozed or yeah? Right. Nietzsche would be amusing at least. I, I would. I would, I would love to hang. That'd be time well spent. That'd be entertaining. Nut. Yeah. That'd be that'd be Smart a trippy one, yeah. trippy time. Yeah. So so yeah. I I I uh, I I guess I can go back to when I work with clients. It doesn't. It's not even client. Not even professionally. But personally, I try to I try to have face to face time where I'm really doing my deciding um, uh, reflection, where I'm really going, okay, what was that like? What, mm. how, how was that face-to-face time with that person versus right. that other, you know, it, and screen-to-screen isn't always necessarily a bad thing, but face-to-face does something neurologically that I don't know that there's a replacement for. Yeah, um, yeah there's the highest form of communication. There's, sure. there's got to be, you, you lose something every with every distance. You know, you Skype yeah. and then right. you FaceTime and you text and, you know. It's very, um, that, I mean, it's a good point. I In my acting class, I've had rehearsals just through Skype and it's like, this fucking sucks. It's like, this tough. isn't, this it's isn't the same. same. It's a different world. It's, really yeah. a, good, yeah. it's a good yeah. thing to think it, about. And I'm thinking of well-being. If, 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 even if you are, even if you're the one telling me, you, you're, it's a subjective report, right? I don't need to know. I don't need to test it within you. You're just telling me, I feel good when. Um, th- there might be a confusion, a unique confusion in the 21st century. I don't know. I'm not a sociologist or an anthropologist, but just speaking to the, to the dissatisfaction generally of life, where comfort is confused with mental health or, or, or health, let's say, mm. right? Where... How how easy is this for me? Uh, how comfortable is this for me? How little am I stressed out right now mm. equals how well I'm doing. Yeah. Right. So if I do this thing and an hour goes by and I just wasn't stressed out, if I convince myself that that means that was a good use of my time, I might be wrong. And the, and the minute you know the minute that's mm. on the table, the minute I ask myself that, I was comfortable, but was that really conducive to yeah. my to my well-being Good point. Th- that those might be in conflict yeah. is is the beginning of yeah. a conversation to me not not the end yeah, of course really good, but good you go oh wait yeah. wow maybe that's not the same thing yeah. you know, and then you could have a which i mean that kinda, that ties into the the um the notion of you should pursue happiness pursue mm-hmm. happiness like pursue yeah. the there's a big topic your bliss or your pleasure yeah, yeah it's your yeah. bliss yeah. right i think that's a really good point to make that it it isn't about that. And I mean, it all, I think somehow the internet and social media 100% ties directly into yeah. the hmm. higher levels of anxiety and depression and suicide. I mean, I think, I don't know how, I don't even know the studies. I've read some stuff yeah. and saw some stuff talked about, but it seems like to me, internet came along and opened up the fucking landscape of seeing all yeah. these other people and having all the information. And then social media came along and puts people's lives right in front of you all the time. So now right. you have this constant stream of things to compare your own life to that wasn't there before. And it's yeah. constant. And and that I think that has to have something to do with people being more it's depressed, more anxious, you know, all of it. Cause it, it just, it's like you have this, you have this, this picture being painted right. of someone else's life that you, a lot you, you tend to believe that's amazing. Like, look right. at this person. They're so happy. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, and I don't buy it. I I I don't strong. buy it. I think everyone has their problems. Everyone has their issues. No one's life is perfect. Mm-hmm. The people that look like they're mo- they're the most beautiful and perfect yeah. and happy on Instagram, they're not. They have yeah. their bad days. I'm not saying they're not happy. 
obviously right. everyone's happy and you have yeah, your good but times. Yeah, but, but that's a good point. It does Absolutely. stuff to yeah. us if we don't realize. Yeah. It, ju- I'm just thinking of the your our economy of attention. You can, o- you can only really focus on one thing at a time. And even that input, that, that's a lot, that's a, that's a cognitive demand yeah. to look at all that stuff. To be on, let's say Facebook is a good example. You're scrolling through and even if I'm thinking, okay, it's all BS, it's, it's just a snapshot, this is their most flattering side at their best possible moment. I'm, that's still, that's a lot to do. It's yeah. a lot to manage in that moment as opposed to um, just uh, taking it at face value. Let's say, yeah, well, know, well, well like, or, well, not being on Facebook in the first place yeah. or, or spending time with someone in person where they're going to tell you every nuance or you're going to get a better picture of uh, how they are and, and, and what they're up to and if you care even in yeah. the first place with so, so yeah, I, I think whatever seeps in, I wouldn't claim to know exactly what that is, but just ex- the exposure right. in and of itself, yeah. right? Like, um, honestly, I mean, it, it's, it, it'd be like wasting your time watching anything else, anything else that might be bad for you or, or even boring, you know, something, yeah. if you just watched bad movies all day, every day, and even if you sat there telling yourself, I know this is a bad movie, it's like, it's just cheesy, it's just for this kind of entertainment. That that is what's going in. That is the input yeah. to your to your talk about consciousness. Yeah. And and it's, instead of something else, you're doing that. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you're left with I had 24 hours and I spent that time doing that thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love the point about comfort because I it was uh, William von Hippel or Himmel, Hippel. Hippel. I always forget. But um, it it's was Hippel. in the Social yeah. Leap, which I just finished on too long. It's a great mm-hmm. book. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's got a quote in there, and you've all said something similar. Where it's basically the idea that the easier life gets, the easier it has to be mm. to keep you happy. And so I've noticed this, right? So like the more comfortable things get, the more comfortable you expect they need to be, mm. you know, because again, r- reality is mm. and happiness is all about the expectations, right? So like if, if your expectations and reality match uh, your happy, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, or, or at least content. And if they don't, there's a, there's a mismatch yeah. that creates this sort of dissonance in yeah. you. And I've noticed it in my own life when things are going really smooth and it's just like, Oh, things are good. I'm feeling really, mm-hmm. I'm feeling really good about this last three weeks or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, little things annoy me more yeah. <laughs> because the relative scale of annoyance has totally shifted. It makes a lot know? of sense. Definitely. And so as things become more comfortable mm-hmm. for me, any little inconvenience, which which in a more difficult time in my life, those little conveniences would have just been another thing. Yeah. You know, you're just, oh, whatever. I can yeah. just, you know, I stub my toe. Well, I also like have no money in my bank account. And <laughs> so it's like the stubbing the toe yeah. doesn't matter, you For know, sure. because things are difficult. But yeah. as things get easier, and I think that's where we're headed in society too. This is another point, Definitely. right? Is that things are getting easier for us, right? Um, AI, I mean, these sorts of, I think, technology in general and mm-hmm. any any industriousness that we that, 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 that makes our lives easier mm-hmm. um, may very well be making them worse in the sense that our expectations become so high, it's almost impossible to achieve that constant comfort yeah. that we expect. Yeah. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have progress, we shouldn't have technology, it's great, but we have to be aware of like, this is happening. And this is a real psychological and sociological phenomenon yeah. where expectations um, are, are are being raised to a level that's almost impossible to constantly maintain. Um, and I don't even I don't even think it that. is good to maintain the comfort all the time. Like I think you got to like I I know for me pushing myself as much as I can like 
consciously, you know, whatever that means for you, exercising, if it's a social thing, push yourself in a social way, go to some party or some gathering, you know, whatever that means. Mm. I think it's important to do that. And I think the maintaining of comfort causes you to be unhappy. You know, it causes it to, because you're not growing, you're not growing anymore. Right. Long-term well, stagnation. I, yeah. It's you like, know? it's a setup yeah. where you, yeah, exactly. You, you may have preserved, I'll speak for myself. If I don't want to go do something because it doesn't appeal to me in that moment, I'm making a decision for myself tomorrow as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to say, yeah, well, there, there was that thing t- yesterday and I missed it yeah. and, and I'm not getting it back. Yeah. And do I want to, how am I serving that guy tomorrow? And I, and I, I, I don't like to think of my ethical obligations just as being towards you and you and everyone else. I, I'm a, I'm a guy in my life too. Yeah. Um, like if my life gets worse, everyone else may suffer with me, you know, yeah. or I, not just, will I drag you down, but yeah. I'm going to become less good at living my own life and, and, and my experience will, will suffer and therefore my experience with other people will suffer. Yeah, that's so, so do you want to spend time the next day with the guy who went to the thing or the guy who stayed inside, you know? Yeah. And again, this is just a, an example. Sometimes staying inside right. is the right idea, yeah. right? You don't yeah. want to go it totally depends. pain and suffering are different, you know? Yeah, so definitely. suffering for suffering's sake is not necessarily what I'm advocating, yeah. but, but there, there's a, it, it's hard to know. I'm not, I'm not perfect at this either. Sometimes I think, is this the right, am I, am I just wanting to do this thing because I'm forcing myself and I really am not going to incur any benefit from this. Am I really going to make it worse? Um, do, do I really want to go spend time with these people or at this kind of thing? And, and maybe the answer is no, but, but again, it's hard to check in and say, am I talking myself into this or talking myself out of it? Am I going to regret it later? Yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. good point to make. It's hard to. I tend to think a lot of the time <clears throat> with myself when I there's something going on, something I need to do or some whatever it is. If I'm afraid, that means go do it usually. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to judge because it's like the fear is different. There are times when the fear mm-hmm. is there to to re- actually really help you. Right. But then there are times where the fear is there that's it's purely a insecurity type of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that is like holding you back from the growing that can happen. And it is hard, right. really hard sometimes to, yeah, to know yeah, right. which, you know, mm-hmm. which is what's right and what's wrong, which is mm-hmm. goes back to that question. Like, yeah, how yeah. do you choose? Right. What is the yeah. answer? One of the benefits you know? of things like meditation and contemplation and, Definitely. and just mm-hmm. being honest with yourself, you know, just, 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 I mean, we were just talking about this, you know, I used mm-hmm. to work at a restaurant and I know that's something like what you do, not, not quite a restaurant, but food, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and I, um, I wasn't the manager. I was just a server. And, um, I remember, you know, when we would, this was a banquet style thing. So it was like a magic gotcha. show and a dinner, right? Gotcha. And it was, it was a cool place. Um, but I, I vividly remember, you know, sometimes we would be cleaning up the room and I would just, I would in my head think, okay, how can we best clean this room? Right? I, I would sort of plot out. I would just take, I would kind of stare at the room and think, okay, we've got about 10 tables and this much, and we've got this many bins and try and plot it out. And some of my other co workers would also do that. And some would just start cleaning, right? With no, it's just go, 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 go work. And they don't, I don't think they realized that it actually would take them longer yeah. without just sitting and thinking about it first. Mm, definitely. And this is, I think, a microcosm of the macrocosm of life where if you just sit and just think for a moment, okay, 
what would it be like if I went? What would it be like if I didn't go right to this thing? Well, what would I feel like tomorrow if I went? What would I feel like tomorrow if I didn't go? Which is, mm-hmm. I love that you said about you're making a decision for, for your future self, yeah. not, not just your present one. But even just that 30 seconds or two minutes, whatever it is, of just like being honest with yourself, reflecting and being authentic with how you feel, talking about it with, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't say it out loud and, mm-hmm. unless you really want to. You could. Yeah. You can talk to, <laughs> yeah. talk, tell, talk to tell someone else. Yeah. We yeah. need to give him a name. I think that'd yeah, be nice. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, we could <laughs> think about it. But yeah, yeah we will. Yeah. But, but I think that's a really important process, you know, just, just saying, okay, what really, what do I want? What are my goals? What do I want to be more like? What do I want to, and sometimes you're, I think like you're saying, your fear is actually a good thing. It's stopping you from going to a party that might actually be destructive for you. Maybe yeah. there's a lot of drinking. Maybe it's not, you know, and you'll come home the next day hungover and gross and it makes you worse. Yeah. Or maybe it's just like a concert, you know, and you'll and hear some awesome music, be inspired, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that mm-hmm. I think those mm-hmm. moments are really, really important. Yeah, and it also yeah. like it also that just I just this thought just popped into my head as you were saying that it's kind of also just a fun thing i'd love to get your guys thoughts on it It just uh, create like i just thought of it the fear that's meant to hold you back that maybe in a good way it's telling you don't go to this because it can be destructive Mm -hmm. it's still it's still almost up to you to decide the outcome even if the fear is telling me this will be destructive don't go and i choose to go it's i'm still able to grow in that moment you know it still could be a situation that's yeah, mm. it could be destructive, but I can still choose to, right. to do something with this or grow from it or learn from it. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, it's so hard well, to, it's to really like perceiving. come to an answer, you know? Right. Yeah, the, the when, when I think about just evolutionary psychology or biology, I, I, I trip out. I trip out on what we are able to do in spite of the fact that our minds and bodies are telling us the opposite more or less all the time, Definitely, you know, to, to eat the extra cookie, to avoid that person because they wronged you in the past, to, to avoid confrontations, to, um, not, um, to, to, to not put yourself in certain situations that again with our, yeah, yeah, Yeah. precisely. Yeah. So, so our comfort wanting us to get in and out of certain situations, we know, I mean, we know in other ways where, our minds and bodies are steering us wrong. We, we know that, especially with food or something like that, or exercise. Everyone talks about the New Year's resolution to go to the gym. Why? Because they know that it's a good idea for them, and yet they know that they organically are not that inspired to go. Same, same with any meal or dessert and things like that. So it's not, it's not like this is a brand new foreign concept. We're always yeah. battling a little but you could go really deep with, you could go very narrow with that and into a very specific moment. And um, so I, I, I've been working with the addicted population in recovery for like my whole uh, therapist career. And, um, and it's very close to home as well. And I just, I, I get into this conversation constantly with people because that, that 30 seconds that Chris was referring to can make all the difference. Because if you if if you're struggling with it, with your drug of choice, and that in that thirty seconds you decide screw it, this is an intolerable emotional state. I just I can't bear this. I need to be comfortable now. And you go out and use, then all bets are off. You know, especially if you use something that has a very strong chemical effect instantly, and then now you're not even going to be a good reasoner, and you're just going to go you're all the way right. Yeah. So that thirty seconds between. Oh wait, is this another one of those times 
or my body or my mind are telling me to do the comfortable thing or, 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 or I'm telling myself a story. I'm telling myself a story about this is never going to, uh, never going to end. Um, it'll never get better. I hate the way I feel so much. I couldn't bear to spend another moment feeling like this. Mm. Um, if that is not a true story, then you're, you're in good shape. If you know, that's not a true story, you're in good shape. Yep. You can do something else. And, um, like AA and 12-step programs have a lot of quips about this, like do the next right thing, don't run on self-will, things like that, where um, it's almost you're involved in a system that's smarter than you. So you can be in that system and it has already made a decision for you. Oh, we've prepared for this. You feel like that? You call this person, right, call a friend. Call your, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so you can do this all the time, right? Yeah. You can say no cookies after 8 p.m. or... I'm not going to uh, use my cell phone in the bedroom mm. so I don't stay up too late. We, we do this stuff if we need to all yeah. the time. You know? And this is, this is actually a great kind of circle back to the conversation about things like religion, right? I mean, mm. talk about following principles that you yourself didn't think up, that you didn't create, following a system that's smarter than you, mm -hmm. right? It's not perfect, you know? And there are things we, that, and I'm hoping in my life that, I, that, we, that we continue to see a reform of religion. Yeah. Mm. That it begins to be more open to things like science. It begins to be more open to social progress and things like that. And some churches do, and yeah. some churches don't, and there's a huge spectrum there, Definitely. you know? Um, which is why I don't like when people say things like, oh no, all churches blank, you yeah. know? That's just, that's like saying all atheists blank. It doesn't, yeah. those sentences are often wrong, yeah. almost always. Um, and so, you know, again, that's the benefit of things like order and systems, like you're saying, mm. and, and, and processes that are above and beyond the individual. Um, and like you were saying earlier, have sort of been tested over time, you know, and aren't perfect, but have come somewhere and arrived at where they're at for a reason. Yeah. And to cycle this all the way back to Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris, I think one of the points in which they differ is I, and I've told him this before too, a lot. I think, I think Sam doesn't have enough respect for the stories of religion and Jordan might have too much. And I mm -hmm. think that at a certain point, hopefully they have that conversation. Yeah. And I think they've tried to, and they again, bog down on terms and things like that. But, you know, um, for example, I think it's possible that, and this is kind of heretical to some people, I think it's possible that, that holy scriptures don't need to be perfect. You know, that's that, that's a human tendency to say, oh, no, this thing needs to be perfect because I need it to be perfect, yeah. right? Um, and that's okay. It's okay for there to be errors, and it can still be profound. Definitely. Again, we don't have to choose. Like, it's either perfect or it's baloney. And I think that, for for example, Sam would might say something like, well, it's not perfect, so it's baloney. And I think that's wrong. I think, as far as, far as I can tell, there's so much more there, yeah. right? Um, but I agree with Sam in that when people need it to be perfect, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, you might address, why do you need that? Why do you need that absolutism? You know, yeah. why do you need to know for sure? Why can't you be okay with, with mystery? Why can't you be okay with just inquisition as its own end for this specific topic? You yeah. know? And I think Jordan would, 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 would push back on Sam in, mm -hmm. um, in the same way, you know. Um, anyway, so that was just another thing I thought of is, is that you've yeah. got this order, but you also have to understand that there is flexibility in life. There are things are always changing, you know, mm. um, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting, right? So the things that are the strengths of something often tend to be its downfall or its weakness, right? So the upside is the downside, so to speak, you know, so like the order and the consistency and the rigidity of religion is its strength and that it's a system that people follow with principles and ideals that help them live every single day and, and, and look at life through a frame that they don't have to doubt. 
they can live with hope, faith, mm-hmm. etc. Right, and they can follow the formula, which works a lot of the time. Works, whatever that means. You have to establish yeah. goals. Mm-hmm. But the downside, the other side of this, is it's also rigid, yeah, and sometimes doesn't allow for progress, doesn't yeah. allow for change, doesn't yeah. allow for spontaneity, doesn't allow for new information. Right. That's where I push off from religion, and I would tell anyone this. You know, that's where I push off when someone says, "I don't know. It's always like this. It'll always be like this. This is how it has to be." I think you might. I, I think that person maybe should think about why they need it to be that. Yeah. Where else in your life do you need absolutism because 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 uncertainty scares yeah. you? Well, and, and that would make. I mean, that's a really really good points you're making, and I actually agree with it completely. It's such a good way to put it. You know, and that can tie into. It can it ties into kind of why a lot of Christians are conservative, right? I mean, it definitely, it definitely ties directly that's into 100% that. That's 100% right. And why a lot of like, and I'm, this is a very general statement, obviously, really liberal people are not Christian, mm. religious, whatever, because it's a personality trait that mm. people who are very orderly people that have those traits fall right into that. Sure. They like this is order. Jonathan Haidt, Righteous Mind. Yeah. Yeah. It yes. makes, it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. And it's, it's a very good way to put it. It's also, it just... And and it also saying all that reiterates for me why religion has kind of why it's so important and why it has been around so long and why it's so hard to let go is because religion is, is it's how many thousands of years has it been around? How many stories and stories and stories and stories and stories have been told for so long to finally come to this thing that we can hold in our hands and read and look at it's not just something that was made up it's like it took a long time for it to get there right you know and it has a function yeah just like everything that 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 stays around which is which is why jordan peterson would argue that that religion holds meta truths because it's like it's it's been it's it took this long to get there it's an accumulation of so many archetypal stories and people and observations that people made and wrote down stories being told verbally over and over and over and over that it accumulated into what it is, which makes it the meta truths because there is truth in it in a sense that these are actual things that people have been observing, writing down and talking about for so long. That's right. You know, but it's, it needs to be updated. Right. And the stories and the terms and the specific um, principles that come from it and the way that they explain it, might be wrong, might yeah. be off. They they might be outdated. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the truths behind them are outdated. It doesn't mean that that, that all of the moral principles and all of the things that we derive from them and yeah. then apply to things like society. Right? We were just talking about this. Where where did the humanistic egalitarianism come from? Why do we believe in egalitarianism? Why do we believe that everyone is equal in value? Mm-hmm. Right? That and and. I think it was Yuval who first, I think it was in Sapiens who first kind of like hit me with that point where he said, that's, that's a religious idea. Like in the sense that it's not, it's not totally founded in science, right? That doesn't mean it's not a good idea, right? So like, I think humanism is a good idea. I think the idea that like everyone has value and all humans have value, right? Mm-hmm. But science doesn't really support that. That's true. I was right? about to say that. I was about to say like, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, uh, you can't really test that hypothesis either. Right. Because yeah. yeah. what do you mean by value? Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and yeah. everyone is different. It's not a cosmic truth. Yeah. Right. Like that the big bang occurred or something. Right. Yeah. But, but it's, this is the, this is why Yuval is so brilliant to me that he can, he can cut down your most cherished, you know, I, the things you I, think I would, aren't. I would have said crazy. certainly, if if I know one thing, it's that being a humanist 
is the safest possible ethical standpoint for, you know, what could be more simple? Right. You we'll know, all agree on this. Um, yeah, yeah. How, how could you possibly argue against it? And so he gives, he broadens the scope a little bit to say um, that he's, he's not even questioning necessarily the utility of that, of that belief. Like we could all do better to be more humanistic, right? Mm -hmm. If we all, can you just define humanistic just for anyone that might, so he, he would say that I don't, I don't know that he would say, but my, my, my folk description of humanism would be that our ethical quandaries are centered around well-being and the implication that all humans carry uh, the same net value. So that if I'm... Uh, and that we don't need that, religion to get there. That was one of the things. Secular humanism would be that, yeah, that su supernatural beliefs are not part of that equation, right. right? So if someone says, I'm a humanist, they might, they typically would say, like Kurt Vonnegut or something would say, you know, I'm a secular humanist. Essentially, I have no super supernatural beliefs behind that, but that humans are... The, the human increment of one is the uh, currency of any ethical decision, right? Sure. So you think, great, yeah. So everyone starts with qualities that they didn't choose. We're all born a way that we did not uh, design for ourselves. So of course, we need to acknowledge that. We need to treat everyone uh, from the same starting place, yeah. right? So you, you've all honestly wouldn't argue against that premise. He wouldn't say, oh no, some people are more valuable than others. He's not even saying that. He's just saying, look, question, question that. R really check in with yourself. Where did you get that idea? Mm. You know, and if you mm. if you go back, you don't really have a good answer. I don't have a good answer. I just really like that. Yeah. I really yeah. I would it love to live right. in that world, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's not a good re if I'm really being honest with myself, that's not a good reason to believe necessarily anything. Because I might have that same reason about something totally evil or awful. Yeah. I might say, oh, I'm not a humanist. I think some people are more valuable than others. And it just feels right, right? Yeah. You and I would could argue about that, but we have the same reason. Turns out humanism might be a more ethical standpoint if my goal is to have people treat each other, you know, with the golden rule or the way yeah. we would want to be treated, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Yuval would go a step further and say, well, humanism doesn't include other sentient creatures, and that's a shortcoming of humanism. Mm -hmm. Is that it has human, right, in the, yeah. in the right. name. And Peter so, Singer would agree. <laughs> Singer would agree all the way. Yeah, would like for that. sure. For sure. Yeah. So um, hence you've all being a vegan and being really outspoken about animal rights and things like that. Yeah. So that being said, there's a story for all of it. There's a story about everything. And it you know? ties a lot of that together. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and from that, we derive a moral framework yeah. that like, like Kant would mm -hmm. say, you have to just agree on. You yeah. have to say, where, where's your starting point? What's your goal? Right. And then go from there. You know, and you don't even have to agree on all the fine details of the, which myths or which ideas mm -hmm. you believe in, but you create this yeah. set of principles that now everyone's following, or at least at least trying to follow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, and I wanted to go back to one point. You were, you were talking about I, the right and the left and how it kind of relates to being secular or um, uh, religious. And I just think there's a big point here that we should really point out, you know. Um, the left, I think, is is going to a point that's so far away from order that it's becoming chaotic. Mm -hmm. And we see that happening, right? Because again, this is that sort of dichotomy of order and chaos. Yeah. Um, the, the further away you move from one, almost inevitably, the closer you get to the other, yeah. right? And 
I'm not even saying that I think right or left is right. You know, I mean, again, I think sort of, I, I almost take like the Tao approach, like the way being where, where the two converge in the middle. Yeah, that's, I, I um, make that conscious effort like every day. That's the way I think, it's yeah. the way to try to be. It's obviously impossible, but I right. think I'm with you. Balance. It's hard. And I get yeah. sometimes you have to choose like the lesser of two evils yeah. and there's, there's uh, voting is hard and like <laughs> politics are frustrating, et cetera, et cetera. Definitely. Um, but I think, I think at least as a society and especially as individuals, every day we should be aware, okay, if I'm, if I'm not following the way of order, what am I following? You know, am I, am I, am, am I just a counter movement? Am I just trying to disprove religion, for example, or am I just trying to disprove science if you're on the other side of it? Right. And to me, when your whole life kind of becomes a premise that's based in just a counter movement or an, or an antithetical uh, premise, right? Or uh, like, foundation be against something. Be, yeah, be exactly. about something. Right, right, right. So, if your whole life is just to be against something, you know, and you see this a lot in politics, yeah. and I hate it. It's, it, sure. it comes from that tribalism, Definitely. where people are like, "Oh, I just, well, you know, I don't, I don't like Hillary, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't like Trump, but I really don't like Hillary, you mm-hmm. know." And it's like, so I'm going for Trump, and it's yeah. like, well, that's that's as far as you thought about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot. This is a complex issue, and yeah. I wish you'd say more about it than that. Yeah. you know. Um, or the opposite, where people are like, well, I just don't want the orange guy in office, so I'm voting for Hillary. And it's like, yeah. you're, I, I think they're both equally as misled, yeah. you know, um, or close to it anyway. Um, and so, again, I, I, tying back to that chaos and order thing, it's yeah. like there has to be a, that line in the middle where, uh, just like flow state, where it's like, okay, truth very likely exists in between the polarities. Um, and I, I'm not the first one to say this, obviously, right? I'm echoing a lot of really smart people before me, you yeah. know, and, but I just think there's some real truth there. And I think it begins like Jordan Peterson and Rogan and, um, uh, Jocko would all say it begins with you. It begins with the individual, yeah. right? You don't want people to be tribal. Don't be tribal. You don't want people to be one-sided. You know, don't be one-sided, you know? Um, and I'm, I think I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but it's, mm. it's that, if we can keep that in the forefront and the back of our mind, like at all times, yeah. you know, and just kind of check in and be like, okay, when faced with confrontation, when faced with a debate, when faced with a disagreement or whatever it might be, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, am I, am I being tribal? Am I, am I, am I just pushing against this because I don't like it and it's uncomfortable and because I don't like that kind of person, et cetera? Am I afraid of that idea? Am I afraid of change? Just being honest with yourself, you know, and that's huge to me. Yeah. And trying to find that balance between the chaos and order and then living that, I think, every day in, in, in every moment, you know. And not to sound like self-helpy where it's like, yeah, it's just all about you. And but you just got to. So but it, there's something know, empowering about, about it because it is, I, I'm passionate about that too. And it, it can very easily lean toward the hippy dippy, like yeah. self-helpy. Right. And, and it needs to just be, it needs to be talked about in a more pragmatic way like mm-hmm. it's actually very important to make the decision to consciously try to be balanced and not let your ideology possess you because yeah. everyone's going to have ideology we we all have things that we believe and we choose and whatever but it's mm-hmm. you can make the choice to try to not let it possess mm-hmm. you even if there is this thing that I'm I'm against that and I'm for this if you're in some quarrel with someone you can still make the choice but let me still approach this from a standpoint of actually really paying attention, really listening and not trying to win. Right. Right. I mean, it's very important to talk about this because there's just too many people that are either completely on the like hippie side of like pure love in every moment and not 
like just letting go of too mm-hmm. much. And then there's people on the other side completely that are right. way too orderly and they'll just shut right. you down immediately if you don't agree with them. Mm-hmm. And the balance is important. It's definitely totally. you're 100% yeah. right. I'm it's with huge. you there. It's definitely. huge. And it's hard. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I mean I, like we have to acknowledge it. Like it's not just like oh, it's yeah. it's it's this easy. You just yeah. do this, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, it but again, a lot of practice. That's right. But again, practices like meditation, practices like prayer for those who are very um, uh, like attuned to their more spiritual side or whatever. Definitely, whatever practices help the individual to be able to do that um, at a moment's notice. You know, just kind of on call. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Do you guys you know? have any tips, tricks? Well, you kind of practice. I know meditation, big one. Yeah, but I was just going to just hedge that a little bit. There are other uh, gurus out there or not necessarily religious gurus, but um, self-help people, right? Where it it appears as though they're just compiling a big list of like a to-do list. Like, okay, if you only do this, 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 then you'll be happy at the end of the day. And if you ask them, well, when do you relax or when are you creative? They'll say, oh, every day at 2.30 for 15 minutes. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 that's not that's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah, by, yeah. I mean, when are you yeah. not thinking about what time it is? Yeah. Or when are you, when do you make plans with somebody and then just see where it goes? Mm. Or when do you have unstructured, t- you know, and they'll say, well, I, I structure my unstructured time, you know. Um, or, well, this person, this famous successful, quote unquote, successful person does this. They vacation two weeks a year in France. So I'm going to get a chateau and I'm going to make sure that during, you know, that it's just exhausting yeah, to, that, make, to that, think about yeah, that. That's, that's too much the pathology uh, so of order. Absolutely. And, and it's missing the point to me that happiness is much more a verb than a state to mm. me. It's not, it, mm. it's not happy is not necessarily an adjective in the way that happiness is not a place that you go. It's not, you, you don't go, I'm happy here. And I'm not happy here. You, you, you are being happy uh, at certain points in time. And again, just I just really want to disconnect um, pleasure or comfort from what we mean when we say, "Yeah, life is really good for me right now. Yeah. You know, I'm really happy. Um, I, 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 when I work with clients, especially that are dissatisfied with. I want to say aimless. They're they're kind of they're they're dissatisfied with their direction. Yeah. It, there's no answer that I'm going to give them to say, well, just do this, this, and this, and then you'll be on the right track. I'm not. Gotcha. It's not a railroad. You know. You don't just end up there. They go, oh, I should have got on the A train instead of the B train. That's why I'm not happy. Yeah. Mm. Um, I need to marry this person instead of this person. I should get this job instead of this job. The the process of figuring it out is analogous to every decision. You're always doing something at every moment. So I, I just, I want to dissuade people from imagining that they'll never know what makes them happy or that they'll know definitively what makes them happy and then they'll never have to think about it again. Yeah. Mm. So, so I just, Glad just even, that. and I, I think we might be rounding the two hour mark okay. so, um, gotcha. or, or close to it. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm really reluctant to give advice. I don't give advice really. I, I might say, well, this is definitely not in my clinical practice, but even, even on a, on a person to person basis, I'm reluctant to say, do this, right? Because that the implication is this worked for me. Therefore it would work for you, which is not necessarily true. And the opposite too. Well, 
your, what doesn't work for me will also not work for you. Because if I'm giving them one suggestion, I'm not giving them other suggestions, which means I'm mm. excluding those things right. from my list of suggestions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even if I had a thousand suggestions, why don't I have a thousand and one? Where's what about that other thing? You know, mm, definitely. And uh, so, so just I just to reverse engineer that too. When somebody says, um, "This is just my belief," or "This is just how the way I do things," but there's an implication for you. I also, th- that raises red flags in my head. Like if someone says, well, um, uh, you know, it's just my belief that gay people shouldn't get married and you're a gay person and you want to get married to your partner. And I say, I say, no, 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 you can't fault me for that. It's just my opinion. It's just my belief system. I'm going to vote against your right to, you know, that's when things get political. Yeah. I, I'm not that interested in politics in general, but but that that's like the, the classic American paradigm. Yeah. So when we move into other things, like if if I say, no, I have nothing against Sam Harris. I'm here for Peterson, though. And every time Peterson makes a jab at Harris, I'm applauding and I'm like, yeah, yeah, team. That's getting further to me, further away from where I want to be when I meet another person. Like like I said before, worst case scenario is I have an interaction with somebody and I go, oh, well, I still pretty much think what I thought before and I'm I'm just glad I tested my ideas. And best case scenario is I'm wrong for less time than I had to be. I'm I'm less stupid or I'm less ignorant than I was. And to the extent that I like the, the tribalism point to the extent that I am a member of a team and that we have team uh, wins and losses. I, 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 even if I agree with the team outcome, even if I think, great, that's a step in the right direction for this group. Um, I still worry, uh Oh, at the end of the day, now I'm on a team where I have to live with a team that feels like losers. And if, if my team won, how am I going to go back and hang out with this other team if the entire time all I was setting up was noticing how different we are, yeah. right? You're this, but I'm this. Right. Yeah. Sorry, losers, right? We won this round. Yeah. That, that, I don't want to be on either side of that, to be honest with you. I don't want to lose, quote unquote, but I don't really want to be a member of a team in the first place where um, I don't get to speak for myself, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think that's a really good place to kind of wrap this up. I think it's such a good, it's a good point to make, and it's it's how I try to practice Mm. every day. I really do, and I I, and I'm I'm very happy. I'm in a position where I do have to make choices every day that Mm. are about literally like the team. Mm. It it has to be about the benefit of the greater Mm. good. Very important to to. It's a it's a choice that you make. You you can make the choice, which I was about. I was gonna say. That's a lot of this boils down to as an individual to do the best you can do to just make good mm. choices. Mm. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like make the best choice you and, can make. And maybe yeah. if you don't, if you don't mind my uh, complimenting you at the at this moment, I noticed that we've been talking this whole time, going on two hours, and we've we haven't landed on something where we said, "Oh, okay, that's it," you know, and yeah. and just right. kind of called it quits, and we were just yeah. like, "Check that box," right? We we didn't. We didn't arrive at some conclusion. Yeah. We were like, oh, that's how you be happy. That's how you find meaning. Mm-hmm. That's how that it's to me, the choice was just show up. Show yeah. up and yeah. have this conversation. Oh, sure. Process do it more often. That's Chris and I do this all the time. Just have the have the conversation and then see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And you you'll my my prediction is that I think I'll be better off on the other side of this conversation no matter what happens. Definitely. I'll be I'll be better at having the conversation mm-hmm. and I'll be right. less I'll be less. I'll be less um, susceptible to those automatic, you know, reactivity or yeah. or the the automaticity that goes along with 
um, kind of fighting for something or trying to preserve my my most cherished ego yeah, yeah. Or beliefs. You know that I'll, I'll I'll shed a lot of that that defense Definitely. and um, yeah. just be okay with whatever happens next. Definitely. And if I can sort of you know at the I mean at the fear of trying to create a conclusion, um, <laughs> but you know if, if I a final thought the, I do have concluding just, thought. I was just thinking about it. You know, it's there's such there's such a positive. There's so much use in function itself. And it's almost difficult to say. I think the reason conclusions are hard to come up with is because it's really hard to find things that work across the board, like you're saying. right? So it might actually work really well for someone, but not for somebody else. I think it has a lot to do with what's motivating you and what your intentions are right? and what your goals are. You know, you have you have many types of people who go into church, for example. But there are two types in my head right now that I'm thinking of. Person A goes in and wants to go to church to feel righteous, to feel vindicated of all the things they may have mm-hmm. done that week that didn't go well or were sinful or were missing the mark, right? They they want to go in feeling kind of like they're part of the the in crowd, the group, right? They've got the truth, they've got the answer, and they leave there feeling high and mighty. Um, and then all week they, they try and let everyone else know, oh yeah, I've got it and, and, and you don't, and let me help you, right? And there's some benevolence there, but I'm not. I'm overall not impressed with that approach. Then there's the second person that walks in and just wants the experience of church. They're okay with just being there, no ego, no motivations that are ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's not like I'm here to be a part of a club. I just I love the the worship. I love the the spiritual atmosphere that's here. I love the calm that I get from it, and I love the challenge that I get from the sermon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. And there are many types of people that walk in, but let's just say those two, for example. You can make those two, uh, you can make that case of those two people in almost any domain. Yeah. You know, it can be in almost anything. They're, you know, sure, like, sure. like who walks into the gym? Some people go into the gym because they want to become a better version of themselves. They just want the experience of working out. They want to be healthier, et cetera. Some people go in just to show off their muscles and, yeah. and get hot chicks and whatever. I mean, and there's, I'm 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 significantly more impressed with one approach than the other. Yeah, and so I think it has a lot to do with function, you know, which is why I don't like, um, excuse me, which is why I don't like phrases like, oh, all religious people blank, yeah, and they're all blank, you know. I'm not I'm not impressed by those um, yeah. phrases, you know, and and, I, and it's all about function and yeah. intention, yeah. motivation. Yeah, maybe one last thing I'll say that maybe is a summary of like what both of you guys are saying, at least the way that I took it was. It isn't about winning. It's not about it's not about trying to achieve the goals you have. It's almost like it's about let's use a conversation as an example. This conversation was not about an answer. It wasn't about accomplishing some goal. It wasn't about pushing some opinion. For me, this conversation was about learning how to have a good conversation so I'm prepared for the next conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. We did that. It. We all did that. That's we all right. sat here. We had an amazing conversation. Congratulations. Yeah, Amen. It's, it's great. It's I'm been really, real. It's been awesome. Yeah. I thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Hunter. This has yes, been great. great. Definitely want to have you both of you guys back on again. For having My us. pleasure. So Anytime. much stuff to talk about. So yeah. let's do it. Thank you guys. Thank awesome. You. Yep. Thanks.